Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and Uncharted, and joining us, of course, today into Uncharted Territory, or is it very charted territory? Writer, director, producer, the one and the only Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today? John, it's good to be here. Another great week. Another glorious day in the core. I'm, I love the John Campia core. And it is <laughs> Friday in the core, which is great. Congratulations, guys, on making it to the end of another week. May you guys have a wonderful weekend filled with relaxation and fun ahead of yourselves, recharging your batteries for another week filled with triumph and victory ahead. And of course, he is Mr. Victory himself, yep. Mr. Ray Ora. Ray, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's ready to go and sitting beside him. It's Chris Carr. Chris, how are you? I'm great. It's after party day. It's after party. Oh, is that is it the last episode? It is. The finale? We get to find out who the murderer is. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> I, I, I've got like two episodes I need to get caught up on. <gasps> I'm like two episodes down, so I got to uh -huh. get caught up on that. So hopefully I'll do that very quickly. Anyway, guys. Here's how today's show is going to go. We break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. Here's how you get a live comment or question on the show. If you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, you can go ahead and use the Super Chat feature that's there in the YouTube chat. Just fire that in, and we'll read it off once we get to the end of the main topics. All right, also, do a little bit of housekeeping here. want to remind you guys... That if you can't be in front of a YouTube video for your daily fix of the John Campus Show, good news, there is an audio-only version we call the John Campus Show Podcast. It's available on your favorite podcasting app of choice. Just go onto your favorite podcasting app, search for the John Campus Show, and subscribe to it so it'll be there when you need it. Also want to remind you guys that we have a brand new podcast feed, a separate podcast feed for our brand new show, Movie Club, a John Campia show podcast. We've got two episodes up already, Gladiator and Iron Man. And you can go and find it on your favorite podcasting app. As a matter of fact, we just debuted it a couple of years ago. And I, last I checked, we were at number 11 on the Apple podcast charts. So very excited about that. So go and find Movie Club. Subscribe to it. Make sure you've got it there ready for you so when the new episodes go up, you are ready to listen to them right away. John, I want to ask you about this. One yes. of our viewers asked me, it's a separate podcast. It's not on the John Campia podcast feed. Exactly. That's exactly right. It's not on the podcast, on the John Campia show podcast feed. Movie Club is a totally separate podcast separate feed. Podcast. So you need to go and subscribe to that separately. It's just that, you know, between the John Campia show and Mailbag and stuff like that, that podcast feed is getting pretty stuffed. So we decided to create a new separate podcast feed just for Movie Club, and that's where it is. All right, guys. With all that down, let's talk about a couple things off the top here. And the first thing off the top is this. Now, of course, Uncharted is open this weekend. We went to go see it yesterday. Our straight-out-of-the-theater reaction is up. We're going to be reviewing the movie a little bit later in the show today. But, you know, one of the things we've been paying attention to is how well or poorly will this thing do at the box office? Well... The first numbers have come in, and they're actually fairly respectable for opening numbers in February. As a matter of fact, they're saying that Uncharted scored $3.7 million in Thursday previews, beating out Channing Tatum's Dog, which made $1.2 So Uncharted made about three times as much as Dog. That's more than I thought. I mean, I thought it would make like double, but still, we kind of saw that coming. But compared to other 
like mid-February openings, this is actually holding up pretty good. This comes from the folks at Deadline who write, Sony's Uncharted, based on the 15-year-old Sony PlayStation video game created by uh, Amy Henning and Naughty Dog, grossed $3.7 million in Thursday night previews that began at 4 p.m. That is a solid number that bests the pre-pandemic previews as such mid-February hits as Sonic the Hedgehog, which made $3 million on its opening Thursday, Kingsman The Secret Service, which made $1.57 million, and even with March PG-13 adventure movie Kong Skull Island, which also made $3.7 million. Industry projections earlier this week had said the PG-13 Tom Holland Mark Wahlberg film in the mid-30 millions over the four-day President's weekend, possibly $40 million, but these preview figures provide great hope for even better returns. So it's looking like those that $30 million number may have been underestimating how many people have been interested to go to see this thing. Because we said, like I, I told you guys when we talked about the $30 million opening weekend projection, I said, that's not enough. I mean, that's going to be number one at the box office, yes. But a movie like this needs to make more than that. If it can get closer to 50, that'll be much better. So if it can climb into that 40, 40 plus range, that will bode much, much better for this movie than if it is at 30. But these opening numbers look pretty good. Rob, you see that opening weekend. Are you surprised by it? Is it doing better than you thought? Not as good as we thought. What did you think? No, I mean, I think, look, we're, we're a world of gamers. And I think the Uncharted franchise is a, a, a franchise people love. And I know judging... I mean, I'm a casual gamer. I'm not a hardcore gamer. But if I like it and I'm a casual gamer, I would imagine that hardcore gamers will turn out in droves for this. Chris, what did you think uh, about this? Like, you you see the numbers. I mean, you saw the movie. We'll yeah. get to our individual opinions on the movies in a minute. But what do you think about these numbers? Surprise, it came in this high. What do you think the overall opening weekend can be now at this point? I mean, it makes sense to me. They've been marketing the heck out of this movie. It's a fun popcorn movie. We'll talk about that more later. And if you are a gamer, you're obviously going to see what they did with one of your favorite games. Um, I do think it's going to do pretty well this weekend. I don't know about the longevity of it in theaters. I think. So you think legs could be an issue for exactly. this thing? Exactly. I agree. What kind of drop off do you think we're? I mean, it's it's a little early for us to be talking, you know, drop off when we haven't even had the opening weekend yet. I acknowledge, yeah. but whatever it ends up making, whatever it does end up uh, coming about and making at at the box office this weekend, what do you think? Gauging on what we're guessing, the audience response is going to be the drop off. Do you think it'll get that? you know, 50 to 60% drop off, which is where most movies would like to come in. Or do you think it's going to be a greater than 60% drop off? Rob, what do you think? I think it's going to be greater. Yeah. You 65 too? or Absolutely, 70. Yeah. For now, of course, again. Ray believes it's going to go up. Second weekend, once everybody sees how good this movie is, <laughs> that the box office is going to go way up. It's going to skyrocket at that point. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about these opening weekend numbers? I mean, it's outpacing things like Sonic, which was out pre-pandemic. That's encouraging it looks like it will do better than those 30 million what do you think about that surprise not surprise jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down let's do one more off the top here today shall we and that one more off the top is this now y'all know that my number one most anticipated show of the year is the upcoming uh lord of the rings the rings of power show cannot wait for that show extremely stoked but I believe Robert Meyer Burnett's probably his most anticipated one is probably Moon Knight. 
Yeah, <laughs> Rob is very Why, excited. yes, I'm going to do moon dances all day long when that opens. <laughs> Rob is quite excited or about moon night. Or broadcasts. And uh, when's it coming out again? March 30th? March 30th, bro. March, so we still got more than a month to wait. I, I, I think the president, Biden, should just declare that moon night day across night the, day? the United States. And everybody just gather around in joyful celebration to watch I mean, the We don't have show to beware the Ides of March. We have to beware the gaze of moon night. I love it. Ooh. That's right. So... With Moon Knight not even being out yet, there was a recent interview with Oscar Isaac, who was, of course, playing the title character. And they were asking him about the future. Like, where is Moon Knight going to go from here? Space. Can we expect a space? No, in real, it, absolutely. The new Moon Knight TV uh, cost. Uh, the new Moon Knight comic series by Jonathan Hickman takes place 6,000 years in the future, and it's in space. No way, really? I'm not kidding. That's okay. I don't think we're going to see him go to space. Maybe you can hook up with Vin Diesel. Yeah, out there. I, I know. With, <laughs> but no, I was I was making a joke, but not. <laughs> I was making a joke, but not. <laughs> well, the question though is, will there be another one? And it's sounding like there is a plan to do a second one, but it depends. So this comes us from the folks uh, over at CBR who write the following: Moon Knight star Oscar Isaac revealed that he would love to reprise the role as Moon Knight, but he's not yet sure whether the Disney Plus series will return for a second season. In an interview with Empire, the star confirmed that Moon Knight Season 2 getting the green light from Marvel Studios hinges on how well Season 1 is received by audiences. It depends on whether people like the frickin' show first. If they see it, then maybe we'll see more Moon Knight, said Isaac. But I love playing him, particularly Steven. I hope I get to visit him again. I love him so much. I feel he's someone real who lives in the world. It's been a long time since I felt that kind of connection wow. that comes to us from oscar isaac so i think there's still something interesting to be drawn out of this like okay get it we're not surprised to hear that disney is going to wait to see how the audience responds to moon knight before they decide <clears throat> to move forward and do a moon knight 2. Mm -hmm. perfectly good that's perfectly rational thinking but it does still tell us one thing that unlike wandavision and unlike a couple of other things we're seeing on streaming, this was not designed to be a limited series. This was designed by Disney to be an ongoing franchise if it gets the appropriate response that they're hoping it's going to get. That's because of me, you know. I mean, it's just, it's just all about When I was friends with Bob Iger, I would say, Bob. Bobby. When Come Bobby on, was Moon still Knight. in charge there. Moon Knight. No, this has to be, John, it has to be, I want to see this run for 18 seasons. Oh, of course you do. Um, you may feel it differently. Good. Two seasons. You may feel differently after seeing the first season. I know, but. and I just I'm setting myself up here. I feel like I feel like I'm on the edge of a cliff, and the cliff is either either got a stone floor or water I can dive into. I don't know what the cliffs. I don't know what it has. I just have to take a leap of faith. But Rob, no, seriously, when you hear about this though, and I mean this is, if nothing else, confirmation that this is not meant to be a limited series because we go into every one of these Marvel things not really knowing and we kind of find out midway through if it was meant to be a limited series or an ongoing series. How do you feel about this being an ongoing series? Is that something, or does that maybe disappoint you thinking that, kind of hoping maybe we'd see a Moon Knight series and that would, you know, skyrocket him into a feature film? But I don't know, how would you feel about a second season? Oh, I think it'd be great. Look, I, I the thing is, I think Moon Knight is a cult hero in the marvel pantheon moon knight is not somebody that everyone's like i love moon knight you know i think the people that love moon knight there's a a small but very devoted group of us because there's been so many different iterations of the character like people like different versions and i'll john i'm gonna be honest not much of moon knight is very good 
to be honest. And I love the Bill Sienkiewicz, Doug Mensch version. I love sort of the later iterations uh, and the aughts where he brought they brought in like Mr. Knight and the crazy aspects of it. But Moon Knight is not a character that is as is as beloved as say any other Marvel character. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping that the show is good enough that it it's so good that it warrants a second season. That's what I want. I want I want the luster to be restored to Moon Knight. And to be honest, seeing what we've seen from the show, it's I think the jury's still out for me. What do you think about his comments about really loving the Steven character? Well, I see the thing is the Steven Grant character that we've seen, I can understand the British guy that's kind of nutty working in the museum. I'm sure for an actor it's very fun to play. Um, and I don't doubt what he's saying. I'm just curious to see where they take the show because my my excitement for this is 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 I'm deliriously excited about this, which means I can be really disappointed by it. My fingers are crossed. I mean, I'm all in on this. Like I know that Star Trek Picard season two will probably disappoint me, but I will go into it optimistic. This show I believe is going to be the greatest television show ever made. <laughs> So my level of disappointment <laughs> could be severe. right up there with it. I mean, dude, this is the wire. This is the Sopranos. This is the match, the all in the family of superhero shows for me. I'll put into one for you. Chris, you hear about this. Let me ask you this. What do you think the chances are at this point? Like, what's your anticipation level like? Do you think with the people you've been talking to and everything with this relatively unknown character? Because right now with the Disney Plus uh, MCU stuff, Okay, Wanda and Vision, two of the, the stars of the movie franchises. Falcon the Winter Soldier, big stars from the movie franchises. Loki, been around in the MCU forever. Hawkeye, one of the OG Avengers. This is the first one mm -hmm. that they're doing with a brand new character that no one's ever heard of. I mean, all due respect, but you, you just said it yourself. I yeah. said it myself. Most people don't even have never even heard of Moon Knight. Are you expecting this might be one that catches on with people enough to justify a second season? What do you think? I really do. And it all just comes down to this script, right? As long as we have good storytelling, people are going to tune in. Because we already have Oscar Isaac, who I think is a real draw to this project. Yeah. What, it's, what it's really hanging on, though, and we've mentioned this before, is it really just depends on how we're going to handle a lot of these aspects of Moon Knight that really could get into kind of murky waters. That disassociative disorder that the character right. you know, shows. Is this going to be a punchline? Is it going to be gimmicky? Or is this going to be a real character study where we do examine this person's psyche and mental health? And I think with somebody like Oscar Isaac helming the character and the team we've got at Marvel, I really think it's going to be a fascinating character study that people are going to really want to tune into. Not just comic book fans, but people who want to see just riveting character-driven stories. That you know, as I somebody, agree. I, well I, said. I, I, I like Rob. what you're saying there because, Rob, I want to ask you that as somebody who has known and appreciated Moon Knight for so long, how do you feel that the general audience will respond? Because this is going to be their first exposure for a lot of them. Yeah, well, I think the, there's a benefit and a problem with that. The benefit is that nobody has preconceived notions because they don't know anything about this character. Right. Yeah. So they're going to go in. This show is going to define Moon Knight now and forever going forward. That, that So I think Marvel has a great opportunity here in that for the most part, the, the general public is going to be learning about a character for the first time. And if it's good, then suddenly all of my Moon Knight comics will go up in value. Oh, that's, speaking, of, oh, that's speaking of the Moon Knight comics, apparently the artist for the Charles Huston Moon Knight art is yeah. watching right now. Oh, well. Yeah. And he's in the chat. Then, then 
kudos to him. That's right. <laughs> I mean, no, I, and the thing is, Moon Knight, Moon Knight, for any comic artist, is not an easy character to draw because he has an all-white costume. Mm -hmm. So one of the great things about Moon Knight for me was when Sienkiewicz was drawing him, he sort of defined in the shadows and the blacks how to how to do that. And a lot of people have said, well, Rob, I don't like the the like gray mummy aspects of his costume because they're you know you see the one shot when the when it he's wrapped in the I actually kind of like that it. idea. I like because you've seen the Mr. Knight version where he's in the suit, where he's in the yeah. The, that's that's a newer iteration of the comic a character. But I like that because if you're gonna when Moon Knight was first created, Khonshu, the Egyptian god, was not like a real entity, right? Maybe he was haunted by it, but th now he's a real entity. Like, so they've completely changed that yeah. too. It used to be he was inspired the way Batman was inspired by bats. Moon Knight was inspired by Conchu, but now Conchu is like an elder god, part of the. I like it. Good to know. But if I was a comic artist, I wouldn't want to have to draw all those, all those layers, all the layers. <laughs> now it's going to be even harder than before. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about the words from Oscar Isaac about the potential future of Moon Knight? Saying Disney is looking for a season two, but they got to wait to see how it does. How do you think people are going to respond to the character? How are you going to respond, do you think, to the character when we see it? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's take a quick moment here and thank one of the sponsors of today's show, some of my favorite folks over at Peloton. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Peloton. Now listen, in the never-ending quest to try to stay in shape, one of the keys is to vary up your workout and your exercises to make sure you avoid losing your motivation and keep from getting burnt out from doing the same thing over and over again. Peloton has you covered. I know for me, one of the keys was getting my Peloton tread and using the Peloton app to get my varied workouts in. And Peloton just keeps pushing you forward with new classes, new music, new ways to keep your workouts fun and motivating. One of the newer offerings that has me personally really excited is their boxing classes. Peloton is stepping into the ring with its newest discipline and you don't even have to have any gloves. Discover a fast, furious and fun workout with Peloton instructors in your corner. Even if you've never boxed before, these classes will have you working up a sweat while working on the fundamentals of form, footwork and fun combos that will keep you on your toes. Peloton has a workout for every day and every kind of schedule. So guys, right now, visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. That's O-N-E-P-E-L-O-T-O-N.com. And a big thank you to the good folks at Peloton. I've been using this up. Anne's been using it a lot. Give them guys a shot and make sure you use that promo code, guys. And uh, thank the folks over at Peloton for us. All right. With that down... Let's get into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campion Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampionshow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? First topic is from Jeff Middleston. Hi, John and team. Been watching since your Endgame review. Read a story that said both The Batman and Uncharted just got their official release dates in China. Do you think this means that we'll start seeing more films getting to open in the major market? And what do you think this does for the Batman's billion-dollar club chances? Thanks. 
All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Jeff. And yes, just the other day we were talking about on the show that uh, Robert Pattinson, uh, the cast, we have yeah, got Paul together. Dano. Yeah, Colin Farrell, Paul Dano. Um, who's playing Catwoman? Zoe again? Kravitz. Kravitz. Thank you. I always try to think Lenny. I almost said Lenny again. Anyway, Zoe Kravitz, who is Lenny Kravitz's daughter. But is she going to go our way? Uh, are you going to go my Sorry. way? Sorry. <laughs> they put out a little video just to the fans in China saying, we are opening in China. And then yeah. we found out that, yes, indeed, Batman is opening in China. And now we know when it's opening China. And it's not just Batman, but Uncharted just got landed a Chinese release date as well. This comes from the folks over at Variety who write the following. Warner Brothers franchise titles The Batman and Sony's game adaptation Uncharted have both been confirmed theatrical release dates in mainland China. The Batman will reach conventional and IMAX theaters in China on Friday, March the 18th, so shortly after its North American release. Uncharted will release four days earlier on Monday, March the 14th. The confirmations mean that there is a rebounding flow of Hollywood movies into China after a drought in 2021 when revenue-sharing import numbers fall short of the bilaterally agreed-upon 34 films annual quota. There has also been a complete absence of Marvel movies from both the Disney and the Sony stables. Hollywood releases in China in 2022 have included Encanto, The Matrix Resurrections, and thank God, Paw Patrol. And again, that comes up from the folks over at Variety. So this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, more and more as China has kind of over the last decade and a half kind of exploded as a major, major movie market, more and more studios have been looking in their planning stages at what they feel their movies could do in China from a box office point of view. Now, it is important to understand this, and I'm always shocked to see how many people don't get it. When a movie doesn't play in China, people say, that movie was banned in China. No, that's not how it works. China only allows a certain number of films into their market. All right. Apparently, the kind of agreed upon number is 34. When you understand that somewhere between 140 and 160 major Hollywood films get made and produced and released every year, that means less than one out of every four get to actually release in China. So when a movie does not play in China, that does not mean it got banned in China. Because we saw that a lot this year with like, okay, so this movie isn't going to Chinese release. And people say, that movie was banned. No, it wasn't banned. It didn't just get one of the exceptions to be allowed to play there. So there's a difference. At any rate, this past year, as there have been a lot of tensions, an extreme few number of Hollywood films have been able to play there. However... A number this year have been already permitted. We're finding out Uncharted is going to get to open there. We're finding out a Batman is going to get to open there. Variety seems to speculate that this is a signal that they're going to be opening back up the doors, that more and more Hollywood films are going to be able to make some money in China to bring over to the Hollywood film system. Can it do it? And will it continue to go in that direction? I think having two major films like this announced at the same time is probably a pretty good indicator of that at this point. Now, as far as what does this do for Batman's billion-dollar chances, we talked about this on the show the other day, that when you go back and look at The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, and Batman versus Superman, all three Batman-related movies that did play in China, none of them made over $150 bucks. One made about 50, one made about 60, one made about 100 and something, 100 and change. So any money that the Batman makes there will definitely help. Yeah. 
but it's not the deal breaker. Like, it's not like Batman movies in China have been making $400 million. Well, then, yeah, automatically. That means the Batman's going to make a billion dollars. So while it will help, and we said this the other day, but we'll say it again, I do not believe that playing in China becomes a, a stamp of guarantee that the Batman's going to make a billion, be a billion-dollar film. It's going to do well. It's going to make a lot of money, and China will help, but I don't think it becomes an automatic. Anyway, Rob, you're seeing these numbers. We've got the Batman and Uncharted getting release dates now. What do you think this kind of might mean for the spec, you know, the, the future films of Hollywood coming out, being able to have that extra movie market? And what do you think specifically this does for Batman's chances? Well, one, it's always good to have more places, more venues to show movies, period. I mean, and China is a huge movie-going population, uh, a gigantic population center on the planet. So it's important that movies play there. Whether Batman, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure the Chinese government's like, let's allow these Batman movies are all about the corruption of the capitalist system. You know, it's all about one man, how America is a corrupt and decadent place. And there's only one man going up against the system. So I'm sure they they use it for their own propagandist propagandistic purposes, which I appreciate. But um, will it make a billion dollars and will it really depends i mean it comes down to whether the movie's good john and it's three hours i mean are the chinese audiences going to sit for a three-hour batman movie maybe if it's good but i think it's uh i think it's a, a definitely sort of a vote of confidence and uncharted as well i mean while we'll talk about it later uncharted was not my favorite movie i've seen lately but i do appreciate when again when you have a venue that allows uncharted to, if they make another one, and they seem to think they're going to make another one, um, the more money it makes, the better the chances are that the next movie is made. And I always look at the second movie in any series as the Godfather 2 or The Empire Strikes Back or The Road Warrior of that series until I see it. So Hope Springs Eternal, if it does well in China, there's a lot of gamers there, so it makes sense that they're going to let it play there. Maybe it'll get more money and maybe they'll make a, a really great second entry in the series. Chris, you're seeing this. Uh, again, the bigger question is, do you think this is kind of a signal that we're going to start to seeing the regular flow of movies into that market again? But then specifically, what do you think this does for the Batman's billion-dollar chances? I absolutely think this is the sign of the floodgates opening. We're going to have more films from here over in China. And that's a great thing. Like Rob said, we want more people to have access to movies the way they should be viewed in a theater. Less which is piracy. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a crime, you know. I've, read it. I've seen it. <laughs> it is a I've crime. I've seen it. It's a crime. Oh, it's a harmless crime. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so I think that's great. As far as the numbers go, it does feel like found money, right? Where it's just, well, more people are going to see your movie, so obviously that will contribute to your box office. Is it going to be the big pendulum swing that decides if it's part of a billion-dollar club? Probably not, but every penny helps. All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? That We've got now the Batman and we've got Uncharted, both now getting confirmed China release dates. What do you think that means for the Hollywood films coming out in general? Do you think that maybe we could see a Doctor Strange getting opened up over there? Do you think maybe we could see the Flash opening there? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? This is from Kai Olds. John and friends, this might be controversial, but in your brief out of the theater reaction video on Uncharted, you state that the film felt like an expensive fan film, with Rob stating that the film was uninspired and it felt like he was, quote, watching a high school play. 
Since John opened the door by saying fan film, how do you feel about uh, that this new release compares to Alan Unger's Uncharted live action fan film from 2018 starring Nathan Fillion and available on YouTube? Thank you, John and company, for being my go-to source for movie and TV discussion. Oh, thanks for that, Kai. All right, thanks a lot for writing that in. Okay, so yes, we went to go see Uncharted last night. I have been very excited about this movie. Quite excited about it. I think the trailers have looked terrific. I like the idea of going for a younger Nathan Drake and then, you know, start kind of with an origins and then let him grow and develop as a character over the course of years. I love the approach. Very excited about it. Went to go see the movie. Yeah, my excitement's gone. Um, I am uh, no, and I was not thrilled with the movie. Now, before we go into talking about Uncharted in general, let me kind of say this about particularly the Nathan Fillion fan film, which, by the way, everybody always forgets to mention one of the main reasons I think that short film was so good, and that's Stephen Lang as Sully. I love Stephen Lang. Um, I was, we were talking about it here in the studio before the show started. I honestly really think that we as fans... Look at these short films that are put out, whether it's the old Power Rangers one or this Uncharted one. I think we put on extremely deeply rose-colored glasses when we look at them because we don't we, we look at them in our mind does not evaluate them as motion pictures. We look at them as quick little YouTube videos. And as quick little YouTube videos, they're really fun. They're great. I really enjoyed watching that thing. It was not movie standards. And, and I, I especially remember thinking that a lot back to that old Power Rangers one, because really the Power Rangers one was terrible. It really was terrible. If, that was a, 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 if I had paid money to go to a movie theater to sit down and watch it, and that was the movie I got, I would have been pissed. I mean, I, it was awful, but better as a short film than I could have ever made for sure. But it is what it is. But let's talk about Uncharted for a second. I ultimately kind of walked out of Uncharted feeling pretty disappointed. Uh, because my expectations were high, my excitement level was high, but I walked out never once feeling like I was watching a movie. And and it had some things going for it, so let's break this thing down. Let's, let's jump into a campy classroom for a second here and see if we can break this down into some pros and cons, shall we? All right, let's start with some pros here. Here's, some, here's a pro. Tom Holland does well. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, listen, Tom Holland continues to show me this dude can act mm -hmm. and he's got great physicality uh, like when he was pulling off like i was reading an article about how he injured himself a lot on this movie because he tried except for the most extreme stuff he tried to do most of his own stunts and like with his physical background i mean he can do incredible things with his body man like like when it comes to action stuff on screen he can do some pretty incredible things with his body and on top of that kids looking yoked <laughs> the yeah. kid is looking pretty freaking jacked. They, they did a couple of the workout montages, by the way, completely pointless out of nowhere. It's just like, eh, Holland's worked hard to get this physique. Let's give him a few shots to show it off. But hey, credit words do, man. Respect. Game recognizes game, Tom. <laughs> so, so he's looking great. He's looking at, and, wow, and he's someone's going to beat that, dude. That, that's going to follow you around here. forever. Bye-bye. going to go around for a long time. Oh. So anyway, so he that, that's a positive one. I, I thought Tom Holland gives a good performance in the movie. He really does, and so I like him in it. All right. Next thing I'll say positively, another thing under the pros, I'll say this. Um, the fight sequences were slick. I mean, the fight choreography, like everything from when the one thing we see in the trailer about 
I'm going to give you a proper Scottish welcome. What? I mean, that joke never gets old to me. But when he's fighting these bigger, superior guys, it looks like a smaller, faster, more skilled guy fighting against larger, powerful, slower guys. Because when they get their hands on him, he gets ragdolled. And when they, they can't get their hands on him, he's got the upper hand. And everything from the fights we see on the boat to the fights we see in the in the museum and things like that, I thought the fight sequences came across as slick. They look good, well choreographed, had a decent level of excitement to them. I like the fight sequence, so I'm going to list that one under a pro. Another thing that I'm going to list under a pro for, uh, for this film, Uncharted, is that the set pieces are well done. Like the the main set piece, of course, the one that got me excited going into it was the two pirate ships flying through the air. And I'll tell you what, it felt grand to me. It felt grand when they were fighting on it. I mean, the physics had consequences when a helicopter would bump into something. It had consequences with those people on the ships. Again, mixed with the really good action choreography. I thought the set piece was exciting and fun. I'll say easily my favorite part of the movie was that big set piece in the final act of the film with the, the, the ships flying, stuff like that. That was easily my favorite part of the film, and I thought that was well done. Another thing I'll say that was a pro and that I think several people will probably walk out feeling were pros was that there are some very nice direct callouts to the games. Now, I won't give them away per se, but there are a number of scenes in the movie that are directly taken out of the games and like dropped into the movie. And there's a few other neat little things that if you know the games and the behind the scenes thing in the games are kind of a nice little wink and nods. But I never once felt, and this is a pro, I never once felt saying, felt the movie going, ha, ha, look how uncharted -y we are. Like I never felt that they were doing that. And that's a good thing because you go back to, Paul Feig's uh, Ghostbusters, which a movie I don't think is total garbage. Like, I think it's a letdown, but I don't think it was total garbage. But one of my biggest frustrations with that movie was that movie was constantly, every five minutes, look, everybody, remember the original Ghostbusters? Oh, remember this from the original Ghostbusters? And it was just so overt and in your face that it made it difficult to watch. And I never felt like they did that here. Unfortunately, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Let's get into the cons here for the film con number one this movie feels more like a collection of scenes than a movie agreed and here's what i mean by that i feel like they had there's a number of set pieces in the movie that that have some strengths i'm not gonna say they don't but it felt like they sat down in a room and said let's come up with some cool scenes okay what about a scene where he's being chased around uh, a museum and he's got to dive by this and grab onto these expensive chandeliers, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool, that scene. What about scenes when they're scurrying under caves under a city? Okay, cool, a scene. How about a scene where there's two pirate ships flying? Okay, a scene. But I never felt like they sat down first with an idea for a story. And then as they progressed through creating this narrative, finding scenes and set pieces that would fit in them, it felt like they started with the scenes and then just said, I just throw it on film. It felt so disjointed. It felt disconnected. I mean, even the characters themselves, which I'll get to in a second here, just felt like, well, just add these characters and add these scenes. There you go. Without ever doing the work of sitting down and narratively creating a flow to a story. And again, it just kind of felt like a collection of scenes rather than a movie. And, and that's what I felt like I was watching. 
That leads us into this one that I think is a big con to this movie. There is no chemistry between any of the characters. What? <laughs> okay. Now, don't get me wrong. Well, don't worry. We'll get to Ray. We'll let Ray have a say on this in a second. But I, it's not saying that Tom Holland did a bad job. Not at all. I've said the opposite. I don't think Mark Wahlberg did a bad job. Not at all. I'm just saying that I never once felt any legitimate chem chemistry between Tom Holland and the love interest or between Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg or between Mark Wahlberg, Sully, and his foil who gets introduced in it that he's supposed to have some kind of history with. Zero chemistry. I felt no connection, no tension, no anything. And that just goes back to the last point that it just felt like this movie felt like a collection of scenes. Felt like a collection of scenes and characters randomly thrown together and then they just asked the characters, the, the actors to do the best job they could with the dialogue they had and it just kind of went nowhere. So to me, zero chemistry between any of the characters. That's a big thing. And here's the biggest thing for me. And maybe it shouldn't be the biggest thing, but it is. I've always said this, guys. If you're going to make a comedy, you can do almost everything wrong. If you make the audience laugh, you get away with it. You can make a horror. Your horror movie can be as shitty as you want it to be. If you give some great scares and give some tension to the audience through the movie, everything else will be forgiven. If you're going to have like an adventure film, particularly like a treasure hunting adventure film in the vein of an Uncharted or in the vein of, of whatever other kind of movie, you can get a, like a national treasure or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can get away with a lot if you have a great quest and a great map following and a great mystery solving thing. If you do that well, almost everything else will be fine. And I'm going to tell you, all these other con pros and cons I have here, I feel like a collection scene, no chemistry between the characters, blah, blah, blah. All that can be forgiven if the actual treasure hunt is good and fun. I'm here to tell you the treasure hunting and the map following in this movie was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to give a couple of spoilers here, okay? I'm not not major plot spoilers, okay? I'm not, not there's a lot of plot, but I'm not going to give away any major plot spoilers here. I'm going to give away a couple of events in the film that are connected to the trailers, but I just want to give you that heads up, okay? I'm, I'm giving you a bit of a warning. For example, and I joked about this in the straight out of the theater reaction, but there is a scene in this movie where Nathan and the, the girl love interest. Chloe. What was her name? Chloe. Chloe. That's right. End up in these tunnels. They find this opening and they end up in these tunnels. And literally, Nathan is on the walkie-talkie with Sully saying, no one has been in here in 500 years. And literally the moment the camera goes back to him, there is a Home Depot strip wall light that somebody has wired into electricity and is lit and on. And like, really? Nobody's been in here in 500 years. So, so, so there's that. But let me continue. Then the movie asks us to assume that at several key mo markers on this map that they, end, that they have to find and go to have been built over by modern things where everything's been changed except for the one thing they need. <laughs> that thing is still there. They literally end up in a fucking fast food joint. A modern day fast.
fast food joint. Thank God that amongst the happy whoppers and the whatever else that's all over the place, the one thing they didn't move and somehow built around is this thing on the wall that they need. Mm -hmm. And then when they're finally, you know, you see you're in the, these tropic island sort of things. When they finally end up to kind of where they need to go. Guys, it's a giant open door. <laughs> the final stage of their journey, they'd literally just get to a place and look at that giant cave opening where there's literally nothing in it but water and a bl bright glowing blue light from under the water. Nobody in 500 years ever thought, look at that giant ship-sized open cave. In a, in a very tourist area. In a yeah. very, very right. touristy area. It's a very nice resort nearby. And with yeah. a gorgeous resort right up the beach from it. Like they don't take you out onto water excursions yeah, they don't to let go cave go diving or diving at all. And yeah. nobody ever in 500 years ever thought, let's go in there. You know, it, remind, it reminds me of, look, I love my favorite Indiana Jones film is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite one. But one of the most mind-bogglingly dumb things in that movie that I always shake my head at whenever I rewatch it is they finally find the tomb of the of the Crusaders and stuff like that. And then when something happens, their life's in danger, they need to get out. Oh, look, there's a manhole cover above us. And they literally come out of this manhole cover into a cafe in the streets. Like, really? For the last several hundred years, all anybody had to do was look down that manhole cover and there's this thing you're searching for? Anyway, th but that's the thing. This The treasure hunting and the adventuring, every part of it was utterly unbelievable. Was completely and utterly unbelievable. Hey, they built a nightclub around where we have to find the next marker. <laughs> Good thing that's the only thing they didn't touch. It's just, it became ridiculous. And it's like, it, I can't get into the adventure of it when it's profoundly unbelievable. I understand suspending some disbelief here and there, but I, anyway, so let me re recap here. The pros. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> let me recap the pros. Tom Holland does very well in the film. I, 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 can, I can watch any movie with this kid. Even if it's a bad movie, I can watch this kid in anything. The fight sequences are slick. The set pieces are well put together. And I thought there's some nice callbacks to the game themselves. However, that is unfortunately not enough to make up, in my opinion, for it's the fact that it doesn't actually feel like a movie. It feels like a random selection of scenes with a random collection of characters who have absolutely no chemistry between them. And the treasure hunting just felt unbelievable and ridiculous. And at the end of the day, did I hate this movie, I didn't hate it. There's enough pros there that I walked out not hating it, but I was definitely disappointed in it. I definitely don't like it. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of let down. But, and, you know, Ray, you mentioned something coming out that's a good thing to keep in mind. When you're watching the movie, one of the big credits that comes out from, you know, like Marvel saying, do, 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 they go flash. The brand new intro for PlayStation oh. Studios. It's their first film. And so I will try to keep that in mind. It'd be their last. <laughs> oh. No, it ain't just their last. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Coming. It made me realize I'd much rather be watching a God of War movie because they do have yeah, they, God I mean, of War. Try, yeah. It made me go, oh, The Last of Us. Okay. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> that's going wow. to be the last of that. Let them work up to that. This was like a, their first play right here. So. Yeah, so, I mean, again, overall, 
I don't think it's the worst film I've seen this year. It, it, I, I'm just, I was disappointed by it. I thought there was a lot of potential there, and I just walked out let down by it, uh, considering how excited it was. Anyway, Rob, uh, you watched the movie with, with us as well. Uh, what worked for you in the film? What didn't? Well, to be fair, Tom Holland, who I was going to be ready to be critical of because he doesn't look like Nathan Drake, he's a movie star. You can watch Tom Holland. He he is he's fun to watch. He gives it his all. He's physical. He's funny. He's got great comedic timing. Great timing. He's a movie star. He doesn't just have to be Spider Man. He he's been underserved uh, by his material. This is a movie though. This screenplay was terrible. For me, it's always about characters and story. This screenplay, like you said, John, none of it makes any sense. None of it is any fun. And and it, it lets you down on every level from a storytelling standpoint, like you already explained. But here's what I would say. I think the granddaddy of the modern treasure hunting movie has to be the Indiana Jones saga. If you go back to Raiders, in the first scene in Raiders when Indiana Jones is introduced, he is a badass. He is really, really good at what he does. But even that is not good enough for Rene Belloc to show up. And once again, we see you as there's nothing you possess, which I cannot take away. And then the next thing you see of Indiana Jones is he's also a professor. He's teaching at school. So you see him as a badass and an academic. He's basically a warrior poet. And he's established as this great character of these different dichotomies. So you love the guy. Nathan Drake needed that. And and the way they do it, again, like everything else, is really, really clumsy. But here's the thing that I think the movie really falls down on. Treasure hunting movies are about wonder. When you finally find the treasure, every step of the way, the wonder grows. Again, you go back to Raiders, the well of the souls. When when Indiana Jones puts the, the, the headpiece, the staff of Raw, and you get the location, there's the John Williams music and the sunlight and everything. And it's like every step of the way is adding to that wonder. And when you finally get to the end, the wonder should be increased. Now, I will say this, like you pointed out, the final set piece is a lot of fun. But when they finally discover where this treasure is, it's like, eh, here we are. I went through a door. Here's billions of dollars worth of treasure. Eh, whatever. I mean, I never felt wonder in this movie. And the thing about the Uncharted game, when I first started playing the game, those backgrounds and the environments that you're in, every time you went deeper into the jungle and you got to a new environment, there was a sense of wonder in this game. And there's no sense of wonder in this. I mean, they went to Barcelona, which can be a wondrous city, and they took all the wonder out of it. And I never felt anything that made me feel, well, anything in the film. And I, it just, <laughs> it, it, there's got to be magic in a treasure hunting movie. And I don't mean magic like God Sorcerers, coming out of the ark. Of yes. the, yeah, I don't mean God. I, I mean the magic of discovery. You know, whether you're going underwater and finding a, the lost city of Atlantis or you're finding the Goonies ga galleon or the galleon in this or whatever, there's got to be a sense of wonder and discovery in a treasure hunting movie. And there's none of that in this film. It's wonderless. Chris, you were, let's say, remarkably, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Remarkably reserved i was Jonathan, in, in this film what did you think about it also jonathan landers hi it's really me in the chat um uh, yeah i i expected exactly what we got i went into this being like this isn't an uncharted movie but okay 
Um, so for me, my expectations were met. Uh, the first 30 minutes of this are particularly hard to sit through. It's just really clunky. All their meat cutes really just don't pay off. And Tom Holland is doing the best he can with this script. I find Tom to be giving those moments where he's 100%. aiming. He's aiming for that chemistry. He's so charming. He's so delightful, even though he's the bartender from Cocktail, you know, he's Tom Cruise. Um, but, you know, he's doing what he can with this script that's just not serving him well. I really think that it just... It doesn't pan out and it's not fun. Like you were saying, Rob, there's just not the amount of joy I wanted in this. And if everyone at least had the can-do attitude of Tom Holland, maybe it would have worked a little better. Even, you know, I love Mark Wahlberg. I love an exasperated Marky Mark. It works great in the other guys. But there was something here where that exasperation just felt so one note constantly. You didn't understand why these two would keep working together, why they would want to like playfully banter because it just felt like they were stuck and not in a way that really behooved either of them where it was some kind of symbiotic relationship for them. Um, I just, it was a bummer. The The post-credit scene, stick around for the post-credit scene. I think the post-credit scene promises a little bit more Uncharted than the film itself did. And now I should be point out here before we go to Ray, uh, there are people who like this film. I mean, while it does not have a good critic score right now, it does have 39%, which means almost four out of every 10 critics who went to go see it enjoyed it. And I've heard from some of our viewers uh, even a lot of the comments in in our uh, post uh, in, in our in our instant reaction video that we put up last night have written and say that they enjoyed it. And we're not all Scrooges in here over, you know, this movie. There's one of us in this room who had some fun at it, and that was Ray Ora. Ray, what did uh, yeah, what the, worked for you here? You know, the smartest brain in here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, first of all, like I don't do treasure hunt movies, so this is literally like my first one that I've ever watched. So. I don't know if you want to take my opinion for, you, you know, I don't know. But it, Tom Holland, like, um, if he's not Nathan Drake, like, I don't see Uncharted at all in this. Um, but if it didn't have Tom Holland leading it, like, I don't think I would have liked that as much. Right. So he's a very important part of it. That says a lot about um, an actor's performance, actually. Um, him and Mark Wahlberg, I the like the chemistry thing they they just met each other so i didn't expect them to be like the chemistry to show on screen i like in the movie they just met each other i mean but their banter i thought was cute some some of the times like when he was saying like oh here's the he gave him the smaller sword he's all here here oh, yeah here yeah. little man he's like you know i'm only like one inch shorter than you yeah like i enjoyed i mean look when you play an uncharted game you don't really like look forward to the dialogue. You want to get to the jumping parts and the the action. And I thought this movie gave it to me. You know what I mean? I mean, and, you were legitimately like, clapping at a yeah. few scenes in the movie. I mean, and, that's like, only because you know time. my biggest fear in the movie was the 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 air scenes. Right. Because right, in right. the trailer, I was like, "That's so green screen or whatever it is." That looks so. It actually looked great. On, yeah, I was uh, impressed with how it looked. That, they, they, that was true. That Those aerial sequences um, are pretty And great. you know, okay, the treasure hunting part in the beginning, I'm going to admit, I did fall asleep for like five minutes. <laughs> but I was completely tired, and it was just like the dialogue part. I, I just threw all that stuff in the trash, of course. <laughs> okay, when, when it got to running around wow. the city and, and turning the key and finding things, I was all in. I, it's just a fun movie. I think kids will love it. Kids will definitely love it. Yeah. If you if you don't go in there expecting like a, a award winning movie, I think you'll 
everyone would enjoy it. I mean, like the action is was enough for me. Is all I'm saying. I, I, all right. I do want to say I went into this too fully on the Nathan Fillion short film train. I right. love that. I think it's a great scene. I don't think I'm seeing it with rose colored glasses, but maybe I am. <laughs> but after seeing this, though, I don't think Tom Holland was miscast. I think he just wasn't given a script that allowed him to be a young Nathan Drake in the way that we all wanted him to be. And I think if he got the right, script, I would he totally done agree it. with that. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And, and look, is it just me? I am positive, positive that. Tom Holland had major dental work done because there, there, especially in a certain number of scenes, there are scenes where his cheeks, his lips are kind of like that. And you can see when he's talking. And I think they gave him a number of scenes with bubble gum to pretend he was chewing bubble gum to maybe cover or hide the fact that he had some mm. swelling in his mouth. I mean, I, look, I gotta go back injuries? and watch it again. Although this movie was filled with like three or four short mini montages. Yes, you know, yes, it did. What's yeah, really yeah. funny to me. Oh, I don't go ahead. George. Well, I'll tell you something that I really objected to uh, in this movie. And it goes back to my adage. Never put your universe before your characters, your story. This movie asks a question in the beginning of the film that it's going to wait to movie number two or three to answer. And it has to do with something to do with Tom Holland's familial situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's which like, is right out of the which is right out of the games, yeah. So I don't think that's ruining it for anybody. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But it's like, tell me the final story. <laughs> like, like this movie doesn't really have an ending, and then they show you two post-credit scenes, meaning like, see, this movie's so great, we can't wait to make the sequels. And I'm like, this kind of thinking is ruining studio filmmaking well, is it any different you, than them putting like look, you gotta make a, uh, what's his name uh, nick fury at the end of iron man well look yes it is because here's the thing when is a video game adaptation warranted a sequel maybe you could say mortal Kombat or something but make us a great film that is a self-contained entity that works the marvel cinematic universe has all of these marvel comics to and and if if Iron Man didn't succeed, they still told the story of Iron Man one entirely in that film. That's that extra tag is an extra thing. They ask a question in this movie, and the entire movie is all about this relationship that he's missing in his life, and they don't resolve that situation because hey, we're gonna carry. Well, okay, this over. now, now I want to be careful. I don't okay. want us to get into too many details here about about. I'm just what we're, it's it's game, but it's like I felt like I I really resented that they're expecting me to come back and watch another movie. Oh, that's or one, two movies again. Like you my, you people, okay, I, I got to put the brakes on us here because we are we have gone way over time and we we've no, no, got to keep. Can moving I ask here. one more thing? Okay, would you guys watch thing. the next one? The next one? Yes, I, I say I yes. will watch. I the next would one. watch it. That yeah. seems promising. That's the, that's the main question. Would you actually go see the? second one it was I, that was bad a, where there you was wouldn't. enough there for me that even though i am disappointed with the film i would give a second one a chance yes i would too yeah. all right well guys question is for you what do you think about uncharted have you had a chance to see it yet maybe you haven't where's your expectation levels were you disappointed like i was did you enjoy it a lot like ray did are you somewhere in between whatever you guys are feeling jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down, let's take a moment here to thank one of the sponsors of today's shows, our friends at ExpressVPN. We want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, ExpressVPN. So guys, if you've been listening to or following me for any period of time, you guys know that one of my big concerns is often online 
privacy. And that's why I use ExpressVPN. Now, I know what a lot of you guys are probably thinking. You're thinking, well, why don't you just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can still see every single website that you visited. And listen, it doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. Internet service providers in the US can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service provider can't see the sites that you're visiting. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And ExpressVPN is available on all your devices. I mean, your phones, computers, even your smart TV. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash campia, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash campia, expressvpn.com slash campia to learn more. All right, and thank you again to the good folks at ExpressVPN. Guys, take your online privacy seriously. Try ExpressVPN. Make sure you use that promo code CAMPIA. And thank you guys for supporting them and our show. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This is from... Oh, my screen reset. Hold on one sorry. Uh, this is from Isaac Beebe. Hi, John. HBO's The Last of Us TV series was one of my most anticipated shows of the year, tied with Obi-Wan Kenobi. But now the president of HBO has confirmed that the show will not be debuting until 2023. This really upset me, but if it makes for a better show, then I'm fine with it. What are your thoughts on this and how and are you excited for this show? All right. Thanks for saying that in, Isaac. And yeah, look, I, I will tell you this. I am extremely excited for The Last of Us. I, I don't think I've ever been this excited for a... Well, Warcraft I was <laughs> and maybe and maybe Assassin's Creed but it's been a while and there hasn't been as often that I've been excited about a video game coming to a narrative screen whether it's a movie screen or a television screen like I am for The Last of Us I think Last of Us 1 and 2 constitute the best storytelling I've ever seen in a video game particularly Last of Us 2 like the depth of the story the, the way it goes deep into the human condition and the human experience, that whole notion of experience of, of experimenting and looking at and examining what does pain do to people, even our heroes, what does it do to them? And what is that? How does that moderate and, and sometimes instigate our behavior? And as a character study, as a as just as a study of the human condition like that, I watched like an eight, nine hour cutscene movie of Last of Us 2, and I was completely enthralled with it. Best storytelling I've ever seen in a video game. I'm not saying it's the best video game of all time. I'm saying it's the best storytelling I've ever seen in a game. And so knowing that they were now bringing that to the screen was exciting. Knowing that HBO was bringing it to the screen, which nobody does it better in the business than HBO. Others do it well. Netflix can do it very well. But HBO is like the king of it. And it was supposed to come out now in 2022. However, we did just find out that, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little while for that. This comes to us from the folks over at Polygon who write the following. Although the series was originally announced to appear in 2022, HBO and HBO Max chief content officer Casey Bloys offered an update in an interview with Deadline stating 
that the much-anticipated HBO adaptation starring Pedro Pascal from The Mandalorian and Bella Ramsey, one of my favorite side characters in Game of Thrones, was still in production. It is not going to air in 2022, Bloys told Deadline. They are still shooting in Canada. I imagine you will see it in 2023. Despite this delay, Bloys offered his impressions of what he had seen of the series so far, expressing excitement for showrunner Craig Mazin's take on the series. I've seen some early episodes, and I am very excited, Craig said. Craig did Chernobyl for us. He is a fantastic writer and director. What I've seen looks amazing, so I'm excited for it, but it will not be in 2022. And that, again, comes to us from the folks over at Polygon. Okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm bummed about this. I am like one of the worst things from an entertainment point of view, okay? From an entertainment point of view, one of the worst things during the whole pandemic era is how many of these projects we've really looked forward to getting pushed more and more and further off and further off and further off. And that's, you know, pretty disappointing. But I, it has not hurt my enthusiasm level for this. Because on top of the fact that it's coming out of what I think is like the best video game storytelling I've ever seen, despite the fact that it's coming for a CHBO, we were reminded again that this is coming to us from the guy who did Chernobyl. And Chernobyl is quite simply one of the best things to be on TV in the last five years. Like that, what they were able to do, how you figure out a way to make a compelling story on screen about a nuclear meltdown that killed untold numbers of people and ruined lives. And they were able to take that and make something that was compelling thrilling, exciting. It drew us in. They made incredible characters and brought these characters to life in such a way that I didn't think was possible. Knowing that that guy is doing it is extremely exciting. Rob, I know you were very, very, very big, I should say, on Chernobyl. We hear about this, uh, you know, unfortunately, The Last of Us getting bumped, but what do you think about the delay? Has it hurt your enthusiasm? And where is your enthusiasm for The Last of Us right well, now? Well, first of all, you know, I've worked with Craig Mays in the past. He's a really, really smart guy. And Chernobyl blew me away, so to speak. Uh, I, I really enjoyed what he did with Chernobyl. Uh, it was so well written. The acting was so great. Uh, the material was so fantastic. And to have that kind of a creator bring his acumen to something like The Last of Us, I think that we're going to get what we want from it. The storytelling that you responded to, especially watching the cutscene of Last of Us 2, I think Mason's the kind of guy that's going to take it and elevate the material. He's not going to... Anytime he can take the high road, he will. So I think we're going to probably get something that's pretty spectacular and that will retain that emotional wallop that the game has. So I'm excited. Am I bummed out that we have to wait? Yes. I mean, I... I Waiting for streaming shows or waiting for, I, I I know John that I'm gonna leave this mortal coil and the last thing in my in my mind before I shuffle off to the nether worlds of whatever is wait awaiting us is gonna be like, God damn it, I'm gonna miss the next season of whatever, <laughs> and I feel I feel like having to wait. I swear to God, in the world we live in, I'm like I'm, I'm never gonna find out what's gonna happen to the next. Well. Having to wait another year for something, I, all it does is make me confront my own mortality. And I well, think, well, am I going to survive? <laughs> I think it was Warren Zevon who did Werewolves in London. He was dying of terminal cancer. And he even said in an interview, he said, I'm going to miss the next James Bond movie. I'm like, I am right there. And I hope, <laughs> I hope it's worth the wait. I'm sure it will be. But having to wait, John, I am an impatient man. Well, I want know, it now. And one of the pros here is that, you know, the guy from like HBO makes 
the best stuff out there, right? That's, yeah. And to hear this, like their executive saying, uh, yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing. I mean, what else is he supposed to say? But still, I mean, they, they know good quality content, and he seems pretty excited about it, which is pretty good. Chris, you know, where are you right now on Last of Us? Is this something you've been looking forward to? What do you think about the delay, and where's your anticipation level right now? I love these games so much. I cannot play them at night. Logan and I can only play them in the daytime because they scare me too much. They scare him too much. I'm with you. Um, they're spooky. Um, wow. And that noise, the clicker's noise. Oh, gosh. So I'm really, really hyped for this. Pedro Pascal is one of my favorite performers right now, too. I'm really, really pumped. And I, at, even though I want this right now, you can do something fast or you can do something well. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would rather have something done well with one of my favorite bits of IP. So if they need to take that time so it is nice and polished and good to go and up to HBO's high, high standards, take the time you need, baby. Ray, I don't know. Like, you play a lot of games, but you're more of an Xbox guy, so I don't well, even know if you ever played Last of Us. I, I, I watched uh, Ryan play it. Right, our and, buddy and Ryan I, plays it. He played a lot. The games I can't play, like some of like the Resident Evils, I'll watch people play it. Like, um, it, I, it's perfect for a TV show, I think, this game. You're not big into playing the horror genre games? Not not mm -mm. all horror no, genre games. There's, like, no. a game called Outlast that I would never play. Oh, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> Any delay is good when it comes to HBO because they're bringing out the best stuff like you could, you know, you could possibly get. So like if Halo, like let's say they delayed Halo, I would want it to be because they're making it better. Right. You Which know? we don't know if that would be the case with Paramount Plus, but we know it would be with HBO because you're right. HBO has kind of earned that that benefit of the doubt from us that if they're getting delayed they're making it even better which isn't always the case with a lot of yeah. the other studios right well guys question is for you what do you think about this have you been looking forward to this last of us series does the delay really bum you out are you perfectly okay with it thinking you might make it better maybe you're just kind of not interested in it at all whatever you guys are thinking about it jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts okay guys with that down Let's move on to main topic number four, shall we? Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This is from Eric Thomas. The maestro has returned. Variety reports that John Williams will be part of the Star Wars universe yet again by composing the theme tune for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Williams reportedly recorded the theme last week in L.A. under, quote, tight security. Similarly <laughs> to his work on Solo, Williams will pass on scoring duties for the individual episodes to to a yet-to-be-disclosed composer. I can't wait for another amazing theme of his. Does this excite you guys? Or would you have preferred a new sound for this show? It's a good question. Thanks for writing that in, Eric. Okay, look, it. there are a few things that kind of help define the DNA and the personality of a movie or a show than the music that plays with it. Like, that really becomes a part of the essence of what it is like when you're watching a marvel movie and at some point like the the characters are about to, are saying something whatever when that main avengers you know uh march starts to play bubble bum bubble bum bubble bum but starts to playing you feel your emotions start to rise with it right when we talked a lot about when you're watching a jurassic park movie or something like that and that music of Da, 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 starts playing your awe and wonder starts to experience and rise up too when you're watching a superman like one of the old superman movies and superman is thinking about something and then you hear the horn bum, 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 but like the blood starts to flow music can do that and no one has ever done it as well 
as proficiently and on such an incredibly high level as John Williams. And, you know, George Lucas will tell you, John Williams is the guy who gave the personality to Star Wars. And I told this story last time we talked about Williams. So I just repeat it here quickly. At the one of the more recent John Williams in concert at the Hollywood Bowls that we were at, he brought out special guest star Steven Spielberg, who said, you want to know how important John's music is? Let's watch the first seven minutes of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade without John Williams's music. Play it. And they played the full seven minutes of River Phoenix trying to get away from those guys and get the thing to a museum. And it was awkward as hell. And then Spielberg stood back up. Okay, now let's watch it again with the maestro playing along with it. And then they played the clip again, with, and it was totally different. It had the life and breath. And here's the thing. When that movie, Star Wars, opened so long ago, it was John Williams' music that gave us the personality of Star Wars. For us now to come back to the, what is the 45th anniversary? Yes. 45th anniversary of Star Wars with Obi-Wan coming out, a character that John Williams' to John Williams' day. music to the day brought in there is something number one incredibly poetic and beautiful about that but number two there's look i'm totally cool with any other all the other conductors coming in and doing work on star wars but if you ask me my preference my preference will always be john williams doing it and and they brought up something right in the thing there that john williams isn't doing all the music for all the episodes he's coming in to give the main score obi-wan's main theme and then he's going to let other people compose the various episodes and do the scoring for it and that's great the dude is 90 and he's incredibly busy so that's great but i love this news rob you hear about this what do you think about it bruh <laughs> come on i mean what john williams is star wars star wars is john williams and i have to say you know there's when star trek voyager came out jerry goldsmith who wrote the next generation theme that was originally written for star trek the motion picture came back and wrote the theme to star trek voyager and it's beautiful now, he never scored the episodes, but the theme is beautiful. I would imagine, John, that when we hear this Obi-Wan theme, most of us are going to be verklempt oh. just hearing over the opening titles. And, you know, John Williams already has. He's written themes for Obi-Wan or in scenes with Obi-Wan before. And I would imagine this will be a variation on something that will seem familiar, which means it'll pack even more of a nostalgia wallop to us. And I, I for one... I am overjoyed that, that John Williams did not decide to hang it up, that we're getting Meet the Fablemans, the Spielberg movie. He's scoring that. He's scoring the new Indiana Jones film, and we're getting another Star Wars theme. Dude, we live in a wondrous time. A wondrous and glorious time. The question is for you guys. What do you think about I'm very excited about this because, you know, we, we look at the, the more modern Star Wars shows like Mandalorian. But come on, oh, you're already today, like that main theme. Dun, 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 bum, 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 All right, or even, you know, Ray loves the uh, the Boba Fett that theme. Yeah, yeah, but now I don't Let's remember it. See, it's not that memorable. <laughs> the, it's not that memorable because I don't remember it. But I mean, that can bring an identity to it, and I think John Williams doing this is going to be great. Guys, questions for you. How do you feel about this? John Williams, the maestro himself, doing the main thing theme for Obi-Wan. We're not too far away from hearing it. Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number five. Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? This is from Oscar. Hey, John, I'm calling BS right now on Reynolds saying he isn't in Doctor Strange. I agree with Ray that I think you can see Deadpool in the broken mirror. 
Then there was that thing with this tweet that got deleted and all the rumors going around. I'm not saying rumors are always true, but when there's this much smoke, there's usually fire. <laughs> I know you said you believe Reynolds, but what would you honestly say are the chances that he appears in the movie? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Oscar. Okay. So for those of you who haven't been keeping up on, on the, the drama going on here, so the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is coming out. We know it's going to be crazy and bonkers. I mean, the damn thing is called the Multiverse of Madness. So we know it's going to be bonkers. But then that whole speculation train just really started to shoot out of the station because we had that new trailer, which is incredible. We got mysterious figures up on the thrones. We've got, obviously, it's Patrick Stewart, who is clearly Professor Charles Xavier speaking in it. And it opens up the doorway of who else are we going to see? Are we going to see Reed Richards? Are we going to see a Black Panther version of some sorts? Are we going to see this, that, and the other thing? Also came the damn poster with all the shards included in one of those shards is what is clear. Like I didn't think it was at first. I dismissed it at first, but it's clear. What's that? Spice girls. The spice. <laughs> Tell me what you want, what you really, really want. But we also see in one of the shards, it's clear. It's obvious, even though I dismissed it at first, it, there's no doubting it's there. You see the captain Carter shield is there. So clearly captain Carter. And we talked about this on the show yesterday, that there is one shard where some people think they see Deadpool in it. And, and I get it. Okay, that's cool. All due respect for everybody who believes they see Deadpool in it. I looked at it pretty closely. I don't see it. Rob, I don't think you saw it either. Chris, I don't think you saw it either. Ray, you, you think maybe I, there's something to see I there? see what they're talking yeah. about. Yeah, but I, I can see it. what they're talking about. But, yeah, yeah. but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if it was meant to be there is what I'm saying. Uh, I don't, okay. I don't know. I don't know if it was just a pure accident. Like I said about the bag of chips yesterday. Like, I don't know if it was, if it was there, it is there, but they, they clearly didn't want people to point it out. Like it wasn't clear enough. Like if they want the obvious things, like the shield is obvious, right? The shield. Oh yeah. The shield. As soon clear. as you There's zoom no in, it's obvious. That. Yeah. That one, you still have to like find it with your eyes, like in order to you have make to it out. Find it. I, I don't know. You're putting it, I, you know, so I don't know if it was meant to be like an obvious thing. If it was put in there, I don't know. So. It, it has created this discussion that's been going about about whether or not we're going to see Ryan Reynolds in this movie. And there are a lot of people who are absolutely convinced. And we discussed the pros and cons and the possibilities and the unlikeliness of him yesterday. Of course, talking about how Reynolds himself said in an interview, he said, look, I might not be the most reliable guy to say this, but, you know, I promise you I'm not, I'm not in the film, right? And we put up a poll on this show yesterday. And it was basically split. We asked in a poll of our viewers yesterday. Do you believe Ryan Reynolds when he says he is or is not in this interview? And it was split right there in the middle. 50% of people believed him. 50% of the people did not believe him. And Rob, we talked about some of the, the pros and cons. I mean, it is Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi can do some bonkers things. We have a lot of things coming in here. We know that Deadpool is coming to the MCU at some point. But then on the flip side of that, we talked about how this, seemed, this would break the tone, it seems to be, of what they're trying to set for the movie. There has been nothing official saying he'd be in there, so we've gone back and forth. All right. So what happened was yesterday, me, Rob, and Chris, we went out to lunch yesterday. And as we were talking about it a little bit, I said, you know what? Why don't I just ask somebody in the studio system and I'm not going to reveal who, you two know who it is, but I'm not going to reveal to, to, the, to anybody else who it is. I said, instead of wondering about it, why don't I just ask? Because this person 
who is extremely well connected to the situation has never once given me an incorrect piece of information, like ever, even the, the wildest stuff ever, 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 ever. And I can absolutely guarantee you this person knows, 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 knows. I can confirm for everybody right now, Ryan Reynolds is not going to be in Dr. Strange 2. I, I can 100% confirm that for you guys. Ryan Reynolds will not be in this movie. Uh, the source that we reached out to yesterday is 100% in the know and 100% said, basically made in no uncertain terms, Ryan Reynolds is not in this film. So I can, you, you can tell whoever you want, whatever, but I am just telling you, Ryan Reynolds will not be in this movie. Well, let me ask you something, John. What if like Wong is watching TV in the Sanctum Sanctorum and a Mint mobile ad comes on? <laughs> I mean, well, technically, Ryan Reynolds could be in the movie if they wanted to do a crossover or a sponsorship like that. Or is Deadpool not in the movie? Well, I mean, that's a good question because I did not ask the question. I did not ask the question, is Deadpool in the movie? I asked, the question I put forth was, is Ryan Reynolds in this film in any way, shape, or form? And the answer was no. Mm -hmm. Now, I think you raise a very interesting... Because that would be kind of cheeky if there was a Mint Mobile app. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, what's to say that there couldn't be a Deadpool poster on a wall? Yeah. Right. Or, you know, uh, maybe a version of Rachel McAdams and Benedict Cumberbatch are walking down the street in New York City and they pass by a movie theater and there's a marquee of the latest Ryan Reynolds film on the marquee. Everyone's just drinking aviation gin. Everybody's drinking. <laughs> As they should. That, that's all that damn dude has been doing. He's been pipping his aviation gin. It's which, really delicious. Which Anne loves it, actually. It's so it good. is really good. She, I'm yeah, a gin person. Those who don't know, uh, uh, what, uh, what's his name? Ryan Reynolds. Uh, he owns a, a gin company called Aviation and loves the stuff she really does uh, i don't drink i'm sure if i did i'm sure i'd love it too but uh i'm sure there could be some kind of cheeky way like that that could be a possibility yeah. like i mean if charles xavier's in it and they talk about the x-men or something you know maybe there could be some mention maybe i suppose or i mean i suppose what is not outside of the realm of absolute possibility is look was is henry cavill in the peacemaker finale no but was superman well i guess kind of i mean they could do something like that too i suppose where maybe there's an easter egg of a guy in in the deadpool red suit running around the background but again if it if it, they do do that which i have no indication that they are it ain't gonna be ryan reynolds in that suit or it could be the ultimate troll that blake lively could be a character in the movie and oh. she could just wink into the camera how uh, oh, and drag that. him for in the next two years on social media. I was in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, you, honey, weren't. You, you know, the there's like troll. with the the with the Andrew thing and the Spider Man. We they had like pictures on set of you know that. Oh yeah, going back like set. six months. Yeah. So I get all the oh he's gonna be in it whatever, but. There's not really much of anything Deadpool. Like they no, haven't got there's it. nothing. So I, I feel like it's like I only eat what I'm served and what's served in front of me. You know what I mean? Like I don't. You don't eat off anyone else's plate. I don't. I don't walk into I the fridge and look for something extra. <laughs> I only eat what they serve me. Right. So like that's the way I'm gonna take it. I mean, cause part of my favorite thing about movies still is being surprised whether it's right, a, right. whether it's a cameo or an emotion that i didn't think i would get from a film or just anything or like uh 
you know, like um, visual effects that I didn't expect. All those surprises are great. I just don't see like the point of like digging for possible things. I, I get it's fun and I get, it's you know, fun to speculate. I get the journalist part of it. But for me, like the main thing is I hope we don't get to the point where Cam, who's going to appear is more important than the movie itself. Because totally you know great. what? Yes. You know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange, I still don't know much about him. I want to I want to learn more about this character that John Snap really, you know, loved. Like and I, I still want it to be about this guy. You know what yeah. I mean? So like that's where my importance is. I if if there's a leaked set photos, we can't help those. Those are those are full game for us to speculate on. But just like the littlest thing that he might be in the poster, I don't I wouldn't run with it cuz I don't want it to affect people's opinion about the movie if he doesn't show up. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's I've said this before. I say a million times. It is awesome and fun to speculate. Yeah, that's fun. That's what we as fans do. Just don't let your speculation become expectation. Mm -hmm. And I, Ray, you make a really good point that I think sometimes in, in a lot of this, we as fans and as a fan community, we start to give more importance and weight to some small detail than the main thing. Like, Mephisto became a bigger talking point than what's actually happening to Wanda and Vision, you know, or we come into this. It's like people are more focused on is John Krasinski going to be Mr. Fantastic, which we're all going to speculate about. But do we start focusing more on that than what's actually the main thing in the movie? And that's a really good point. But I'm not going to blame the fans on this one. Look at the title says multiverse. Yeah. Yes. So this one's all already oh, like yeah, fair, fair game, game. Fair yeah. game. Yeah. it's fair, fair game. game to speculate. But I'm about. just saying with future movies like, you know, like, don't worry about the cameos. Let's just let's just get him. If we don't get any leaks, let's just get him. Let's just get him during the movie. <laughs> so, but but all I can tell you guys now, this the point of this one is, um, as as viewers of the John Campia show, um, I can I can one hundred percent confirm for you that Ryan Reynolds is not in this movie. Uh, so take that as you will, take that as as you may. Uh, but, and, and, you know, you can believe it or not believe it. And of course the proof will be in the pudding when the movie comes out. But anyway, there's that. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about that? What are the chances that John Krasinski shows up as <laughs> Mr. Fantastic or whatever it is? Give it to me. However you guys are feeling about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, before we get into your live comments and questions that you guys have been firing in here, we're going to get to those in just a second. We're going to take a moment first and thank one of the sponsors of today's show. We love eating their food. It's our good friends over at HelloFresh. Hey guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, HelloFresh. So guys, look, my wife Anne and I were both working professionals, so we know how tricky, difficult, and time-consuming it can be to try to eat properly and prepare your own meals at home. And that's why, like over a year ago, we started using HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. I mean, you skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and probably most importantly, affordable. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your orders online or right in the app. Easily change your delivery day, food preferences, and plan size, or skip a week whenever you need to. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the exact same quality, and you can save on average over $65 a month when you order HelloFresh instead of going grocery shopping. So guys, I'm telling you, whether you are single or have a family, you are going to love HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 
campia 16 and use the promo code campia 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts that's again hellofresh.com slash campia 16 and use that promo code campia 16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thank you again to the good folks over at HelloFresh for making today's episode of the John Campbell Show possible. Guys, make sure you go and use them and make sure you use that promo code because it helps out the show when you do. All right, guys, with that down, let's get on over to your live comments and questions you guys have been sending in. Chris, what do we got here? So Taki75 sent us a super chat just to, to support us. So All right, thank, thank you. you, Taki. B. Gill Studios, it's game day. Game day for what two exactly? reasons. One, because my new original superhero film turned web series Sparrow premiered today. You should check it out. Congratulations. Mm. And two, Uncharted comes out today. Love you guys. Bring on the filthy. I am. Not, what is Sparrow? It's their original content. So they're they're doing a new show, a new web series. That's amazing. Oh, it's that's a web cool. series. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Is it on YouTube or what? That is super exciting. Hey, Gil, pop it in the chat. Let's let's see where it yeah. is. Or, or fire off a, an email to me at john at the John because that's super, super exciting, man. Thanks for sharing that. All right, what's next? Raymond Verata, I'm sure Hollywood knows now that what will play in China. If Hollywood makes a movie thinking it knows about China like Shang-Chi, no, it won't play. Or movies with the supernatural like Ghostbusters. Well, no, it's, you look, that's the thing. We all thought that, but certain movies have surprisingly got released there and certain movies surprisingly did not. I mean, Kevin Feige was like working right up to the last minute of trying to get Shang-Chi in there. So they know they don't always know. It is, it is not, there's not as much open communication as between you and your work cohorts. I mean, it's, it's sometimes a big, as big a mystery to them as anything else. All right, what's next? Hero 75, one of two. I don't think the Illuminati and the MCU will be all men. That would be a PR mess best avoided. I think half of the Illuminati will be women. Shuri as Black Panther, Cap Carter makes sense as members of the Illuminati, but I'm not sure who else. Any ideas or am I crazy to think this? I don't think you're, you're crazy, crazy to think that, but I also don't think it would be a problem. I mean, the Illuminati have always been a certain set of characters. If they did those certain set of characters, I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. Just like they make Fantastic Four. Well, Fantastic Four is three men and one woman. If they make another Fantastic Four movie and they don't even it out to two men and two women, it's not a problem to people because that's the way it's it's always been. If Come they on, John, smash the patriarchy. Smash the if they want to make that change and they do it, that's perfectly fine. But if they don't do it, I don't think it's going to raise any eyebrows. I don't either. But a Shuri being on that council, because remember, they've said Shuri is the most intelligent person in the MCU. That includes Tony Stark. Whether or not that means Reed Richards, we don't know because Reed Richards wasn't in the MCU at the time. But they totally could. Captain Carter is at least going to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're saying she's going to be a part of the Illuminati. Maybe not, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a woman on the Illuminati. Me neither. Not at all. all right, what's next? Plus, Shuri's cool. And Shuri's cool. Okay, Major. John and Co., you forgot the most important thing about a Peacemaker season two. New intro. What does Gun have in store for us next? You know, I, 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 I how do you top the intro to Peacemaker? Square dancing. I, okay. Oof. We had to do that in gym in Texas. Line dancing. Line dancing. I mean, I, I don't Achy, like country music at all, but you do line. Like, it's got to be a choreographed thing that does not require any dancing skill to do. Because that, that was the thing. That I laughed so hard the first time I saw it. Like, I, I just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But yes, it's got to be that. But I am very excited for it. All right, what's next? Christian 301291. Just watched the new Netflix Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
God, this film is stupid. Should have watched Thunder Force instead. I, you know what? I saw some reviews come out for it, but I, I didn't read the reviews at all. I didn't, I, I didn't know there was one. Yeah, I'm Robin, not the you heard about this? Oh, oh yeah. Came out on the 18th, so it came out yesterday, so or today. Yeah, I'm going to do a whole uh, a whole show next week, next Saturday, about the whole Texas. The first movie I ever worked on, John, was Texas Chainsaw yes. Massacre 3. Um, I, I just don't know. I, I, of all the franchises they keep trying to make happen, I don't understand why they keep going back to Leatherface. Leatherface, <laughs> after the first Texas Chainsaw, it just doesn't really. Maybe Texas Chainsaw 2, but it just doesn't work. But I've heard really silly things about this movie. <laughs> All right. Thanks for letting us know about it, Christian. What's next? Spencer Nielsen. Hey, John. For Movie Club, have you considered doing a poll on Patreon to, to determine an upcoming film? Maybe once a month as a Patreon's pick? No. Um, we'll be we'll be <laughs> picking the movies. We'll be picking the movies that we're going to do. It's just a lot easier, a lot simple, simpler that way. By the way, I can let you guys know something. I, I'll, I'm going to make a full dedicated video to this uh, at some point. Um, but But... You know what? No, we don't have time for it. I, I have I have something coming up. I'll, I'll talk about it probably over the weekend. I'll make a short video about this over the weekend, and I'll, I'll save it for then. But, what? Uh, but no. you're going to leave us in suspense? Uh, okay, Here, here's the quick thing about it. All right, all right, here, here it is. Good, I'm bullying you to tell um, us. You want to know why the John Campus Show is still here? Because of our Patreon supporters. Our Patreon supporters. Uh, when we started the John Campus Show, when I left my corporate paying gig, um, my hope was we could make $200 a month on the John Campy YouTube channel. That was my hope that we could start at $200 a month and hopefully move on from there. The whole reason, and then, you know, there was this new thing, Patreon, and some of our viewers suggested to me that we start up a Patreon. And so I'm like, all right, thinking if we can get 50 to hundred extra bucks a month, great. And so many of our viewers signed up to be Patreon supporters. And it was because of that support that we were able to make it the first year, the first two years, uh, and survive and make this thing happen as we grew and we started to develop our own revenue and things like that. It's all because of our Patreon supporters. And the Patreon supporters have continued to be there through the last four years always providing that extra underpinning of support that's been able to guarantee that we can do all the different things that we want to do. Like we know that whether this works out or this still works out, we've got our Patreon supporters there and they have helped us to make this work. And I am not going to go into too in depth because I don't want to break into tears, but my level of gratitude towards those individuals and our viewers who have been our Patreon supporters, who have made it possible for us to still be here, it is beyond description and beyond calculation what we owe the people who've been our Patreon supporters. We are in a different place now. Um, we're doing really well. And not well enough to do all the things that we want to do, but well enough to do the things that we're doing now. And... I will let you guys know that in the next couple of months, we are going to be, with great gratitude, we are going to be shutting down our Patreon. Um, we're going to be shutting our Patreon down because all those incredible people who have been supporting us on Patreon, their duty, their contribution, their uh, what they have added to making this show possible, the duty's been done. Um, and it'll be with great, deep, and a thankful heart that, that we close it down and say thank you to everybody. Now, on top of all that, a lot of people have been saying to me, 
John, you know, it's really cool. Some of my favorite YouTube channels have YouTube memberships where you get your own badges and stuff like that. Can you start something like that? And we are going to start something like that because we've had a lot of people requesting it. My buddy, Soul, who is, of course, the COO over at the Fine Brothers and the React channel for many years, he's going to be helping us out to get our own YouTube memberships going. So for those of you, you're going to be able to use those badges and emotes and all those kinds of things. But um, yeah, we're going to shut down the Patreon just because I can't ask any more of those of you who have been Patreon members for, for four years have done and contributed and given to this show and what we do. I can't ask any more. And so thank you to everybody. And again, I'll, I'll talk about this more in detail another time. Uh, but for now, we, we're, we're a little bit behind the clock, but there you go. We need to keep moving on. That All right, sweet what's and next? worth it, though. Antonio Starch, over or under 50% in Doctor Strange 2, Ant-Man will kill Strange and Scarlet Witch, and because of that, Mantis and Falcon will go after him. That seems oddly specific. I'm going to go well under 50%. Yeah. I'm going to say maybe that's a 5% thing. I can't imagine Paul Rudd would kill anyone. Would he? Scott's would, a sweet boy. He's such a sweet boy. All right, what's next? All right, Glenn Mark, one of two. Hi, guys. I should clarify the podcast I'm doing is about a fictitious book club of my own creation, ah. commenting on the Invisible Library series. Okay, well, that's good. And Glenn, the other part of your conversation. Oh, not dramatizing the actual books. I believe that would come under fair use. It yes. should, yeah. Yeah, at that point, yes. Now you should be safe. Yeah, because okay. you brought that up on the show the other day. Yeah, that, that and I just sense. had some copyright yeah. concerns again. Be very, very, very careful about that, Glenmark. But yes, yeah. there you should be okay. But again, I am not giving you legal advice. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm just telling you, it sounds good to me. But you know, make sure you consult with somebody who do some research before you do. And All the right, podcast next? will be its own comedic self. Cheers for the tips, Chris. Oh, you're so welcome. Happy to help. Happy to help. Uh, Kevin Joyce, love the X-Men Wanda theory. Great opportunity for uh, Frisian when the re revelation takes place and checks all the continuity and narrative boxes. Again, we were talking about like whether the kids are involved, how that they heard doing the no, no, no More Mutants at one point in the past that changed the reality for our current perception of things. It could be very, very good, Kevin. All right, what's next? Maranta, playing for Hockey Gold on Sunday. Go Team Finland! Yeah, I, I should be super excited, but the problem is once, because of the COVID thing and everything, they made the decision that the NHL players were not allowed to play in the Olympics this year, which sucked. And so I lost, I didn't, I, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch any of the hockey games this year because I just lost. If you can't have your best players there, I wasn't really interested. However, our women's best were there. So I did watch some of our women's hockey and uh, Canada got gold. Being there, I tell, I'll tell you what, the women's hockey USA-Canada rivalry, I'm not kidding, is one of the best rivalries in all of sports. It is a back-and-forth battle. Uh, Canada got the gold this year, but I was really happy to see that. All right, and good luck to Team Finland. All right, what's next? John Redcorn. Well, I didn't hate it. Uncharted was probably the most uninspired and extremely mediocre film I've seen in a long time. It didn't feel like Uncharted. I'm not going to lie that it didn't really feel like Uncharted. Again, it would have been totally different if they had just done the treasure hunting better. Yeah. If I felt like the treasure hunting was exciting, had some of that magic to it that you were saying, something of wonder to it, and there was a verisimilitude to it, if you had gotten me just into that part, totally would have felt like Uncharted, and I totally would have liked it probably about 10 times better. All right, what's next? Teabagger, do you think there's a chance Flash is gonna stop Supes from snapping Zod's neck since they brought them back for the Flash movie? No, and nor should they. That was a situation that Zack Snyder put Superman in where Superman did the only thing that Superman could do. It was either that or allow millions of people to die. Yeah, absolutely. What are, they, what are you supposed to do with Zod? Put him in jail? 
Yeah. And I love that Zack Snyder put him in that situation. That they had to face that incredible situation. And I love your response. And no, they should not retcon that at all. All right, what's next? Techie 75, Wanda arriving at the Illuminati HQ. I came here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I always got to love a little Rowdy Roddy Piper. We love it. Quote, coming from, oh, what was the name of the movie? The they Live. They Live. A little bit of They Live in there. But also was... Borrowed by Duke Nukem. I believe mm -hmm. Duke Nukem borrowed that line as well. All right, what's next? Alex Holt. Here in the UK, we can't watch Peacemaker at the moment. There's no plans either to stream it here. I really want to see it. What do I do? I cannot tell you what you should do. I am, I will, I cannot in any way endorse piracy. Uh, nor do I endorse part. Look, all, all I've ever said. One of our sponsors on this today's show could help you out. <laughs> One of our sponsors on today's show is ExpressVPN. With a VPN, you could watch Peacemaker right now. Yes, you could. <laughs> theoretically. If you wanted to. Uh, just saying that in theory. Look, I, I have said for a long, look, I am... Uh, piracy hits has hit very home to us. It hurt one of our friends very, very deeply. Yes. Um, and it's it piracy is theft. It just is. However, I think there's a gray area... When you are somebody in a part of the world where you are a more than willing paying customer, I mean, here my money, take my. I, I, and but, can't a VPN actually help you do that? Yes. Where you can actually, yes. you can get things perfectly legally and pay for it too. It sure yep. can, Rob. Using Express <laughs> sure VPN. Um, that sounds again, fast, Rob. Express sounds really fast. <laughs> I'm just saying, we we here do not encourage nor endorse any kind of piracy. But but I have always said that I think there is a gray area. When you are a paying customer and you are willing and anxious to pay for the content and the content providers are simply not giving you a legitimate option of doing so. I'm not saying that makes it okay. I'm just saying I think that becomes a gray area. So do what you need to do, my friend. All right, what's next? Andy, I want a biopic on WWE pro wrestler Randy Orton. I know, what a random person to do a biopic on. I guess you could say my idea came from out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Out of nowhere, the Viper! I'll tell you what, <laughs> though, when you look at his life, like the son of the iconic, legendary WWE performer, Cowboy Bob Orton, who was in WrestleMania 1 with Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, and Roddy Roddy Piper. I mean, it, there could be an interesting story there. All right, what's next? All right, Ivan Nava. How did Chloe steal the cross from his backpack that had stuff on top of it without Nathan finding out two feet away? She's just that good. But again, we can't go into details and stuff like that because we're getting some... But that points. was maddening, by the way. That happened? Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, what's next? Okay, Major. I, I was always dubious of Tom and Uncharted, but I wanted to be optimistic. Nathan Drake is supposed to be sort of like an everyman. I have no issue with, and there's another part to this. There it is. Oh, thank you. Them going young, but maybe Tom wasn't the actor for Uncharted. Would it be better if they called it something else? Have an awesome weekend. You know what? I'm going to disagree with you, Kay. Uh, for me personally, I came out of that saying, nope, you wanted a young, a younger Nathan Drake? He was the guy to do it. Turns out, you just needed a much better script. Absolutely. Uh, but I can... Now, let me ask you, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, Rob, but I know going into it, you were wondering about whether or not he was the right guy. I was even saying that yesterday. What, so how do you feel about that now? About I have to say, of all the things about Uncharted, he won me over. As I said earlier, he is a great performer, and I really, I thought the film sparkled when he was on screen, not like Twilight Boy, but sparkled in, in such a way. Very different kind of sparkle. As, yeah, it was good. I, I mean, he's he's just a, he, he's got that Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future quality that he can bring oh, to all yeah. different roles. Yeah. One day he's going to get his casualties of war, and it's going to be all, all bets are off. But until that, when Michael J. Fox was in that movie, 
And he's got that Fred Astaire thing coming he's got up. He's a Tom he's Danny coming. fan. I don't even know who that is, but I'll but watch it because it's Tom Holland. You know who Fred Astaire is? And it, I, mean, I, I, will tell you, I will tell you this, well, though. I am... I am I'm dubious about anybody's going to go see it because he, as much as I love Tom Holland and I do, people don't seem to care about watching movies of his if it's not Spider-Man. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see if that changes. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Rado. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Hoping to catch No Way Home since I haven't seen it since opening weekend. I mean, that's one of the good things about the slow season right now is that these movies are staying in theaters longer. And yeah, I'm actually, Ann and I were just talking about maybe this weekend running over just to catch No Way Home again. Because mm -hmm. I, I hope you get that chance to do that, Elizabeth. All right, what's next? John Redcorn again. I'd be cool with an Uncharted 2, just done better. I, you're saying that I think just exactly what we would say here, John. I think you just put it better than we just did. All right, what's next? Steve Alexander. Just finished Peacemaker. And wow, just wow. Wow. I was not expecting it to be this good. I don't know what to watch next. Um, whenever a great show ends, I have that same thing. It's like, okay, now we're not going to watch it. Like, I'm having anxiety over the fact that we're not getting uh, Moon Knight until March 30th. Yeah. I'm like, what am I going to? What am I going to? What am I going to do? But that thing, you take out the Justice League cameo at the end. That is still one of the best. That that episode oh, was fantastic. It was great. That last little thing was just a nice cherry on top that they had built up to again. Fuck you, Barry, is one of my, now become one of my top 10 all-time favorite lines ever in a TV show. It just, it was so well done. I loved it. Kudos to Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller for the delivery of that. I just thought it was great. It just would have been even better to see Henry Cavill. It would have been even better. That's all I'm saying. All right, what's next? Zisha, check out Smiling Friends. Absolutely wild humor. I haven't heard of it. Does anybody know what that is? Mm-mm. All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for it, Zashan. All right. What's next? Jackmaster Norid. Greetings and salutations. Oh, in chipmunk voice. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I saw Uncharted last night and really enjoyed it. Maybe I enjoyed it more than you guys because I've never played the game. Can't wait for the sequel. You know what, Jackmaster? Like, there is something to be said about that because we've heard from a number of people who said, you know, what? I like the movie. It just wasn't an Uncharted movie. And listen, I have the, the attitude of I don't give a shit if a movie is really close to the book that it's based on or the video game it's based on. I don't give a crap. I go to a movie to watch a movie. And if the movie delivers, the movie delivers. And that Jackmaster, I think, maybe gave you a little bit of an advantage over maybe the rest of us who might be a little bit more familiar with it. But listen, you went in, you had fun with it. Ray had fun with it. 40% of the critics seem to have fun with it. I was disappointed. Rob was disappointed. Chris was not thrilled with it. I mean, it, that's what it is. That's the movies, man. It's going to happen. But I'm glad you had a good time with it. And you're right. That may have given you a little bit of advantage, the fact that you didn't have pre-existing expectations or standards you wanted met. So there might be something to say about that. All right, what's next? Greg W., I wonder, will Franklin Richards ever come to the MCU? Side note, Felipe, the sentient microphone has to be big, uh, be Nexus being. He is a Nexus being. No. Felipe is the Nexus being. Look, let's not get ahead of ourselves as far as Franklin Richards goes. For those of you who don't know, when they brought Franklin Richards around, he was basically it. I mean, now, the one problem with Marvel Comics, there are so many characters now that are beyond what they call beyond Omega level. Like, there used to be Omega level characters. That was it. And then they would have, like, a, a Franklin Richards that is, like, beyond Omega level. And then they had to bring in another character was that. And then another. And, and like literally, there are so many characters now in Marvel that are what you would define as beyond Omega level. Silly. But anyway, Franklin Richards, for those of you don't know, he is the mutant son of uh, Reed and uh, Sue, of the Fantastic Four parents. And he is ridiculously powerful. One of the most iconic 
panels of art in the last 20 years is a young, young, young Reed Richards playing in his room and he's looking at his hand and smiling and you realize he's forming a universe in his hand. You know the, the panel I'm talking about. But if you had to just sum up to let people... You mean know, Franklin Richards. Did I say Reed? Yeah, you said Sorry, Reed. Franklin, who's the son of Reed. Well, no, I think you did a good job. I mean, he is like a gigantically powerful entity that can do all kinds of crazy things. I mean, I'd like to see Franklin Richards if they put him in a power pack movie. You know, the young the young right. team. Of, I, I, I think it could work really, really well. I would say this, though. If you do, you got to depower him a lot. Oh yeah, I mean, you he's know, just not int- he's just so powerful. Yeah, it's make not it, it his powers yeah. don't manifest you until don't want later. Him to be like Nathan Petrelli. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. But we we got let's get the Fantastic Four in first before we start yeah, worrying about course. Franklin before they even have a kid. Yeah. All right. What's next, Ravon? Rob, you'll be happy to know oh. after 28 years on this earth, I finally watched Star Trek: The Original Series. Wow. I absolutely loved it and binged all three seasons. Where do I go next on my trek? Star Trek: The Motion Picture. And then Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Then Star Trek Three. Then Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home. Star Trek Five, The Final Frontier. And after you've watched, well, then after five, you go watch, actually after four, you go watch Next Generation. And then Deep Space Nine. And then Voyager. And then Enterprise. And stop there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, There will be many in the Star Trek fan community that will recommend that you don't start with Star Trek, the motion picture. Well, no, Uh, you said after the original series. Yes. You can skip Star Trek the mission. Well, well, no, Rob. There no, are people no, like Rob no. who believe that you can. I believe you can forego that and go right to the Wrath of Khan. You have no problem skipping. Wait right until to the Khan. director's edition comes out in 4K. They've remastered. It's great. Or if you're still looking for a simpler answer, you just go straight, straight start watching Star Trek Next Generation. That too. That's that's some uh, greatest series finale I think in the history of television. I still love that. That all good things. So, oh, so good. All right, what's next? Max Pompano. Hey, gang. So I recently rewatched The Magnificent Seven with Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. It's really good and one of the better remakes, in my opinion. I remember I had, damn, why am I freezing uh, Antoine Fuqua? I had Antoine Fuqua in my studio, and I got to hang out with him for an afternoon. We are talking about Magnificent Seven. I love Chris Pratt, Denzel. I think it's a worthy film to do a remake of. Let's face it. There have been a dozen remakes of it. <laughs> Sometimes they gave it different names. It's not bad. I didn't love it, but I, I I liked it. What do you think about that? Movie? I liked it. I didn't. I like Anton Fuqua in I general. I like his sensibilities a lot. You know, I do too. But I, I, it was okay. And then of course, Magnificent Seven is a riff on Seven Samurai. Yeah. So it's just. I, but I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Respectable. Right. What's next? Purple Queen. Happy Friday, John and crew. Loved the Iron Man episode of Movie Club. Thank you. One of my favorite cro- quotes from the movie is, "My greatest creation is you." Chills. I mean, yeah, that was. You know, it's one of those things where we thought, you know, Iron Man would be a good one because, you know, we're getting ready for Doctor Strange. Let's go back to the OG of the MCU and do that one. But it was once we were really start talking about it and you realize just how special the movie is. Yeah. And, be- and it would have been good if there was no MCU. People yeah, still it, look back own, on yeah. it as one of the great superhero mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for watching it, Purple Queen. And uh, by the way, guys, don't forget our next movie club is on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And to commemorate the releasing of the Batman, we are going to go back and we are going to do Batman Begins. That was Batman Begins for our next episode of Movie Club. All right, what's next? All right, One True Emperor podcast. Loving the show so much lately, John. This team is the definition of the best damn movie podcast. Oh, thank you, man. We really appreciate that. And we're having a lot of fun doing it. And it's awesome that you're here to join us for it, dude. We appreciate that. 
What's next? Ryan Trabuco, happy Friday. NPR News had a wonderful profile on Encanto pr- uh, composer Germaine Franco. He's only, oh, she's only the sixth woman nominated for original score Oscar, the first Latina to be nominated, and the first woman to score a Disney animated film. Well, Have a great weekend. Which, by the way, Ryan uh, super chatted in like $50 to support our channel. Thank you so much, Ryan, for supporting us on that level. That's incredibly generous of you. And listen, I think it's understandable. When we start talking about the music of Encanto, Everybody, we're talking about Lin. Everybody talks about Lin Manuel Miranda. Completely understandable. But the score of the movie is really quite good. the The music that plays with the scenes, rather than just the musical numbers, is also wonderful and incredible. And it's it's really unfortunate that Franco can do that kind of work. And a lot of people are. I'm really grateful that the Academy recognized it because she did an absolutely fabulous job. And I did not realize that. Uh, Ryan, that she's only the, what is it, the sixth woman? Sixth woman. That's great. In all the years. And the first Latino, which is bonkers that it's taken this long. So, yes. So, yeah, congratulations to her. That is an incredible number. And thank you for giving us that little statistic in there, Ryan. And again, thank you for supporting us on that level, dude. It's incredibly generous of you, man. All right, what's next? Jim Kennedy. Hey, John, I know you're a wrestling fan, so I want to know your thoughts on Stolen Cold possibly having a march at um match at mania this year to, thanks to, to be fair to be fair i i i i was a wrestling fan like i <laughs> i watched wrestling as a kid all the way into the attitude era and even a little bit past that now my wife Anne is a wrestling fan and Corey is a wrestling fan and of course Corey is dating nigel who is still part of the wwe uh and all that kind of stuff so and obviously, so we would watch whenever Nigel would be doing color commentary on NXT, we would gather around and watch it and watch Nigel doing all that kind of stuff. Um, but, and, uh, but I don't really watch wrestling anymore. What I will do is when like there's a big, big paper, like one or two pay-per-views a year, WrestleMania every year. I watch WrestleMania every year. And whether it's SummerSlam or what are some of the other big Royal major- Rumble. Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble. We that, just watched that's Royal probably Rumble. like the only two that's really important. Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Everything yeah. else is just like the problem with wrestling, I think, today is you can miss a couple weeks, watch it again, and totally get what's going on with everybody. That's but, fair, we're, we're, a pretty casual watcher. Yeah, yeah. Where before it's like you have to watch it every week in, in order to get the payoff. Keep up with the drama. The payoff from the the constant back and forth. Now it's like, you don't get that anymore. I don't know why, but it's just not there anymore for me. I, maybe we just grew out of it or whatever, but. Yeah, I mean, I still get a kick out of it when we do watch it, but I'm not really super connected. As far as Stone Cold coming back, I really don't think he should. No. He is, he has made such a great post-career career for himself. Like between his podcast, he's got various television shows, He's still in wickedly good shape. I'd like to see him stay that way. So I, I honestly don't think he should do it. Okay. If Stone Cold wants to do it and he's not doing it just for a paycheck or whatever, then fine. But any other reason, just stay stay away. I, I, I really he left he, he left in a good note. He's doing good. I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to embarrass himself too or, you know. But if he could still do it, that would be incredible to see. But it would have to be for the right reasons. I would be okay. With All it. right. What's next? All right, from Dana's Productions, Chris Pratt should have been cast as Nathan. 
Eh, I mean, X actor and X role. I mean, I, I honestly thought I don't. The movie wouldn't have been any better. Plus, he's too old to play the Nathan that they wanted to have in the movie. All right, what's next? Tacky seventy five again. Watch Tales from Earthsea. It's considered the worst Ghibli uh, film, but I loved it. The ending with the villain begging for life was so emotional. Uh, that's that's this. one I did not watch. I haven't seen this. I have not seen that. I've watched almost everything. There's a couple in Ghibli's roster that and I haven't that's watched. Also that's also based on Ursula K. Le Guin's work, right? The Wizard of Earthsea. I'm not sure. Not familiar with it. This is where I'm being a bad anime fan. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. All right, what's next? Tyler Rod, thank you, John, Rob, Chris, and Ray for all you do. Listening to you is like sitting around with a group of friends each day. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you, Tyler. I'll tell you what, one of the reasons I love my job is just that I know every day, gonna get up, we're all gonna get in a room and we're all just gonna talk about movies together. And yeah. it's like honestly one of the most fun things and I enjoy doing it. And thank you so much for being a part of it, uh, Tyler. And uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. So we're glad you're here. We could right. use some beer though. Could use beer. At 10 a.m.? I, I, I'm not I'm not gonna lie <laughs> hey, to you. It's nighttime somewhere. So Ryan, I think it was, it was either Ryan or Dennis um, who came over a bit ago and a lot of times when people come or like whenever Dennis comes over he'll always bring like a six pack of something or whatever and I don't drink so there's always alcohol in the house because people bring stuff over and then it's just always there but somebody I've never seen it before somebody brought over it might have been Dennis might have been Ryan these yellow cans of Tennessee honey oh yeah and I there, I can't. I'm not gonna lie. Is it I Jack Daniels? Yeah, Jack Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. I came very close. Not that I would know that. To instead of grabbing this can, mm -hmm. I came very close to grabbing that can because I love honey, uh, in drinks and stuff like that. <laughs> and I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but I've, I've tasted like Tennessee honey before. Yeah. And it's like I actually like the flavor well, of Tennessee that. Tennessee honey is really good. So I it's thought dangerous. about bringing it on the show. Man, thought I'd love to see you drink like three of those. I'll but then money. you know what? There has to be some filters because you don't know what you say. Yeah, but the when thing you is, you are... you know the thing about me, I, it doesn't matter how much I drink. Like I, I that's one of the craziest things about me. I, I can't get drunk. It matters to me then. I know it matters to you. <laughs> I would like to test that. It's live. Been, it's been tested. Has it? Yeah, yeah. I'll, like I remember this one night we had. I think even Dorino was over this one night. We they pounded back beer after beer, Jägermeister after Jägermeister, Ooh. shot after shot after shot. Now, here's the thing. I don't get drunk, but I will get alcohol poisoning. Hey, and oh, you remember wow. that, Ray? That one night? Like, uh, I, I finally, at one point, I was, I, like, literally collapsed my knees. Like, I got crawled to the toilet. Also, John already, also John already drank on the show. Remember No Way Home Game Day? You, you opened up a, a little I, small drink. Yeah. Did I? You don't remember? Okay. I don't remember. Oh, no, well, no, then you're a liar. You got drunk. It was a high... Did you have a wine it was, cooler? It was, a that doesn't count. it was an apple cider. It was a hard apple cider. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, yeah. a, that's a start. That's a start. I'll drink one of those here once in a while. See, the problem with me is I just hate the taste of alcohol. That's I the wish oh, I, I hate did. it too. That's yeah, why I, I only take shots. I, I get it over with. If if you want to get drunk, let me just drink the, the smallest amount of alcohol possible oh, man. just to get wasted. No. Now I've derailed yeah, the you know, people entire sit there show. And drink beer. All right, we got to keep going. <laughs> we got to keep going. What's next? Elizabeth Rado. James Gunn said that he's doing a spinoff of a certain character from Peacemaker. Who do you think it was? Judo Master, maybe? He's still alive. I don't think he said that. I think he's saying he's doing another character from Suicide Squad. Mm. That's what I thought. Unless I'm missing something here a little no, bit. I think you're right. I, I think it was a Suicide Squad thing. He said it was going to be a little bit of a different flavor than Peacemaker, but um, I don't know. I, I, I really like Judo Master as a character, and that last shot of him in the final episode was great. So obviously, mm -hmm. we're going to see more of Judo Master 
I'm not just like I wasn't particularly interested in a, in a Hawkeye series or what. I'm not interested in a Judo Master series, but I want to see him back. I want to see him back. All right, what's next? Jacob Hirsch, John, do you memorize your opening closing dialogues for your show? Greetings and salutations, and so on. Well, I mean, I've only said it about four thousand times. <laughs> Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to the best damn relationship on the planet with the John Cabe Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm of course your host, John Cabe. Oh yeah, channel. right here on my YouTube channel. Yeah, I've, I've I've just done it so many times, it's kind of burned in at this point. All right, what's next? Addison, looking forward to the last of a show. Even as a biased fan, the talent on and off screen screams potential. But I also said the same about Boba Fett. What yeah, I mean, look, that's just the thing. Everybody will have a bad day at the office. You never know what's going to happen. Like, I, I say this all the time. If you can do everything right and have something not work, like, look, poker analogy. Obviously, I'm a poker player. Poker analogy. You can get dealt pocket aces, and you can wind up going all in. You can still lose the hand. Does that mean going all in or calling it all in with pocket aces was the wrong move? No, it was absolutely the right move. Somebody goes all in and you look down at pocket aces, you call. You call 10 times out of 10. Uh, in some very rare tournament situations, maybe otherwise. But generally speaking, you call. That's the right move. You can still lose. And that's the thing. And like you go into a Boba Fett, it's like, it's Boba Fett. It's John Favreau. I mean, this is going to be a hit. And it wasn't. With Last of Us, you got the greatest story I think ever told in a, in a video game. Mm -hmm. You've got HBO, which is the best network when it comes to creating series. And you got the guy who did Chernobyl? If you had to put your money on it, put your money on this. But it could still end up being bad. You never know. But, I mean, I, it's got all the things working in its favor. All right, what's next? Sam Sprill. Hey, John and crew. I watched Mailbag yesterday. You and Rob's theory about Wanda has a few holes and seems too complex for me personally. The funny thing is, I, first, it doesn't have any holes. But, but this isn't my theory. This is just like a, an amalgamate. Well, a little <clears> bit of it's mine, but it's built upon other people's theories. But... There really are no holes to it, and it's quite simple. I mean, compared to a lot of the other theories out there, the, the very idea of that at one point in the history, she said no more mutants. That explains that one simple fact would explain everything about why there are no mutants right now, why nobody knows about it. explains a ton of shit. Yes, yes, and it's derived out of the comics. And it's a comic connection. So I, I actually think it's a very simplistic thing, but uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what they do, though, Sam. We'll see what they do. All right, what's next? James Yu. Hey, guys. If the next Spider-Man doesn't reference the MCU, is it in the MCU? Also, I'm all for Hasselhoff as a variant of Fury. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if they did that, that would be killer. That would be great. Um, or uh, uh, freaking Drago. Um, what's Drago's? Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Oh. Dolph, I didn't. Did, did Dolph he Lundgren do not do? I believe he did a Nick Fury thing. Oh. Did he not? Or did he do Punisher? He was Punisher. Dolph Lundgren did Punisher. Sorry, I, I I caught myself there. So, um, David Hasselhoff was Nick Fury. Yeah. Well, yeah, we know that, but I I also remember uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren doing, but it, that was a, a Punisher thing he did. Yep. But the first Punisher. Movie. Um, no, if if he if the next Spider-Man thing does not reference the MCU, I we've seen other things not reference the MCU, so I wouldn't read too much into it at this point but i am very very curious to see where they're going to go with spider-man from here all right what's next Lori howard my name sounds like Lori. oh Lori howard okay there we go i'm so sorry about that question what do you think about the new show on paramount from yellowstone creator looks good to me uh first of all uh Lori put in a 50 dollars super chat so thank you so much Lori, for supporting us on that level that is 
incredible. Thank you so much for that. Uh, if you're talking about 1883, um, then I love 1883. I, I think it's great. I don't think it's as good as Yellowstone, but it is quite good. Now, he's got another show that he's also got. Um, why am I forgetting of the Hell or High Water? Sheridan. Uh, Sheridan is his name. The guy who created Yellowstone. He's got another show that just came out recently. It's called Mayor of Kingstown. Not to be confused with the Mayor of Easttown. You have Mayor of Kingstown uh, with Hawkeye. It's good. It's great. I love that show. I got hooked on it from episode one. Uh, and, and I'm trying to remember what network. Is that also on Paramount or is it an Apple TV show? I cannot remember where Mayor of Kingstown is. Yeah, I want to say, is it Paramount? It's either Paramount or Apple TV. It would make sense if it was Paramount, but at any rate, that's another new show of Sheridan's, and it's wonderful. If you guys have not checked out Mayor of Kingstown, you absolutely need to check that out. All right, uh, and everybody in the live chat is saying it is Paramount. Okay, so yeah, so that's also on Paramount. Check it out. It's fantastic. All right, what's next? Jonathan J. Wolfie, still watching every Best Picture Oscar film, just did Gigi, Ben-Hur, and The Apartment. Tonight's movie is 1961's West Side Story. What are your thoughts? Ooh, I, I am actually not the biggest fan of the original West Side Story. Oh. Um, now, I'm sure if I watched it before I was born, and if I watched it when it was out, it was pro maybe I would have a different thing. But to me, it never held up, which is one of the reasons why I was not terribly excited for Steven Spielberg's version. And now I think it's the best movie of the year. But yeah, so that's me. But you like you. I, I love both the original. Like that, right? I, I, yeah, I've loved. I've seen it in seventy millimeter like five times. I love it. All right, love it. What's next? Empire fan nineteen eighty. Tomorrow is Millie Brown, uh, Bobby Brown's eighteenth birthday. It just seems like yesterday that she was the little kid from season one of Stranger Things. I'm getting old. Yeah, these kids. Wow. I saw a recent picture of these kids. <laughs> it's like they're all so big. I mean, they're all adults 18. now. I guess that means she can now play Princess Leia and make it canonical. I mean, she. Have you seen that when they have her, like they've done her up as Princess with the, Leia with the hair buns? I and mean, everything? yeah, the, it, I didn't see that. She's she looks just like Carrie Fisher. So how old was Carrie when she did the original? Star Wars? I think she was like nineteen. Nineteen, I think Ooh. it was. Yeah, so she could literally do it. Yeah, it is crazy that these kids are getting older. Princess All Leia right. series starring Millie Bobby Brown. Ah, uh, Jared Leto sent in a super chat. Excellent. Morbius himself. I'm so sorry for all the things I've said. Jared, By the about way, how cool is that Morbius trailer they played before uh, Uncharted? Yeah, I know. Good. Chris is not is still not bought in on Give the Morbius. Give me man train. bat. All right, what's All right. next? Uncharted was fun to a certain degree. Cursed was a fun thriller in the vein of The Witch, and Dog was what 2015's Max should have been. Keep it charming <laughs> with no villains and how PTSD affects army dogs. That's good to know. You know I've oh. heard decent things. I think Anne's going to want to go I see, see it. that movie. Um, what I, movie? Dog. Dog. Oh, right, 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 right. But you know, again, with you, that's the thing about Uncharted. It's it's not a I don't consider it to be a terrible movie. No. Uh, like I said, I think it's got some pros. There are things that some worked in it that whatever I, I, but I just don't also consider it a good movie. I, it just had some things going for it. It did a number of things mind boggling that just confounded my imagination. It's like you found a room. No one's ever been in for 500 years and yet there's bar lighting on it. Um, it, it just, 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 just enough of that. But anyway, yeah. And I think I'm probably going to have to check out dog because Anne is a very big dog person. We might, she might want to see that. All right, what's next? Jasmine Jones. Amanda Seyfried will join Tom Holland for the Apple TV show, The Crowded Room. He will also be the executive producer. Uh, this should come. They should. This could be good. I think that's what it's good. This could be good once we get more information on it and when it comes out. 
I thank you for saying that in Jasmine. I am completely unfamiliar with this it's, project. It's it's uh, Akiva Goldsman is doing a anthology series about mental health. Academy Award winner. Oh. And I, if memory serves, James Cameron was one at one point going to do a movie called The Crowded Room that's based on a book called The Minds of Billy Milligan. I think oh. this is like back from the nineties. So forgive me if I'm incorrect about the details, but I think that's where that comes from that book, the crowded room. Interesting. And having those people involved could be, I mean, obviously you guys know that I love Holland and Amanda Seyfried is a little hit and miss to me, but man, when she's in the right role for her, she can be amazing. You know, right. watching Akiva Goldsman's uh, version of star Trek puts me in a, mentally distressed state <laughs> all right what's next greg w hope the bengals fix the offensive line joe burrow is like meryl streep being forced in thunder for sequel listen oh. i i am i am i am telling you right now with anything that resembled an even mid offensive line the bengals win the super bowl i agree it's just that simple they win the super bowl if they had an even close to average offensive line their offensive line is so bad that it felt like week after week they were setting they were setting bad records for how many times their quarterback got sacked. Uh, you give that kid any amount of time, he's going to rip some people up. Hi, yep. I'm Joe. I don't know if any of you guys seen that uh, NFL mic'd up se session where he's going up to the NFL or uh, the Rams players and just, hi, I'm Joe. Oh, he's just like introducing yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, I'm only the biggest superstar probably of the next 10 years in this league. So, you know, but yeah, they win the Super Bowl. They, I'll see you, you again. You give them an even average offensive line. They're going to be winning. They would have won the Super Bowl this year, and they're going to win several Super Bowls in the future. All right, what's next? Caden Khan, Multiverse of Madness is just the tip of the iceberg. If the last three phases were the Infinity Saga, then the next three will be known as the Multiverse Saga. Next three phases will be uh, be built up for multiversal war. I don't think so. Um, I, I like honestly, look as excited as I am for multiverse of madness and the trailer has been great and all that kind of stuff. It's just going to get. And I don't mean this in a good way because sometimes I do. It's just going to get ridiculous. Like at some point, you just got to get back to some good storytelling and and just characters and story and like. You're gonna. I, they are running. They're gonna run the risk if they go too far into this of abandoning a lot of the average film fans, which is what made them as successful as they are. You want to do the odd thing that's really bonkers? Go for it. But starting out to multiversal war complex, you're gonna abandon and alienate a lot of people. Rob, I mean, you you grew up reading all this stuff, but how do you feel about that? I I think you're absolutely right. Look, I thought Loki was pushing the boundaries. This is gonna go further. Uh, they have to pull it back at some point. Although. Leading up to Secret Wars is an interesting way to incorporate multiversal ideas and keep it simple. And that should be the end. They got to close this door at some point because otherwise the whole MCU is going to spin off into multiversal oblivion. All right. What's next? Uh, Ryan Lawner. What's the difference between Matt Murdock and Wanda Maximoff? Matt can handle not having vision. That's pretty good, man. Well, not say it one more time. Right. It's, it says, what's the difference between Matt Murdock, who is Daredevil, and uh -huh. Wanda Maximoff? Matt can handle not having vision. Get it? Because he's blind. That's pretty good. That's great. I, what's the what's wrong with you guys? That was great. I don't know. What's <laughs> wrong with Uncharted? I don't. I don't <laughs> watch with your eyes, not what's your butt wrong? next time. <laughs> you must have been watching with your butthole. Somebody 
watch with There's the new t-shirt. Watch with your eyes, Great not with your eye, butt. I guess. Okay. That's the t-shirt we got to make. All right, what's next? Jillian Jackson. She went, <laughs> my husband has been a fan since the AMC days when he was working in theaters. Oh, great. I just started listening for a week. Stay awesome. Wish we could give more. Oh, oh. no. Hey, thank you. Thank you for being here, Jillian. And thank your husband for us for watching since the AMC days. Those are some good days. Now, we had some really good times doing the AMC. I remember getting everything going and started there. It was a good time to be a film fan. So I'm super again. Thank your husband for watching for so long. And thank you for coming along for the ride yourself, Jillian. We appreciate it. All right. What's next? Teabagger. Horizon Forbidden West came out today, by the way. Don't know what that is. Do any of you guys know what that is? Mm -mm. I would assume it's a video the Horizon game. Horizon game? Yeah, sounds like a yeah. video game. It oh, is. yeah, 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 yeah. It it's is? It's a good-looking game. It's, uh, it's The girl has arrows, I think, and she's like just fighting a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah, right. I don't know. Just watch it or watch the trailers. It looks good. I'll keep my eye open for it. All right. What's next? Dan's Productions. I just hope Last of Us isn't bad like Uncharted. Well, I mean, yeah, everything we go into, we hope is good. But there's there's a lot of stuff going for Last of Us. I can guarantee you Last of Us is going to be good. It's HBO. That's all I, I got to yeah. say. It's, it's not TV. Yeah, what's the last thing I watched on HBO with that? Eh. I honestly can't remember. I'm sure it's happened. I just... I mean, you look at Barry. Uh, and know. just like that. A lot of people love that damn show. And their documentaries. They're are wrong. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not the target audience, so I obviously didn't watch yeah, it. I, 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 uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I wish I was in college because I would write a college paper on it just like that. <laughs> All right, what's next? The Nocturnal Disney Podcast. It's game day, John. Game Midge <laughs> Maisel is taking the stage again tonight for season four, baby. That, I'll tell you yes. what, there, there, every once in a while, a show pops on that I was like, I, uh, whatever, it's in Ms. Maisel. And then Anne made me watch the first couple of episodes of The Marvelous Ms. Maisel. I can't, I just, I was floored by how good it is. This is one of the most charming, wonderful characters on TV. It's won an ass load of awards, deserves it. I think they just said they're going to do season five, and, and five will be it. the last yeah. one. Yeah. This show has been incredible, and you've been on board. I with it love too. it from the very beginning. I love this show. I mean, it's I love its period nature. I love the fact that Lenny Bruce is a secondary character in the show, and I love Rachel playing Mrs. Maisel. So good. She right, is so next? good. Hut three five nine movie club recommendations: sneakers and the amazing film Free Enterprise. <laughs> I can I can tell you right now. At some point, I love sneakers. Sneakers will be one of the films. What sneakers? Do. Sneakers is Robert Redford, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley, uh, Sidney Poitier, River Phoenix, River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd, um, James Earl Jones. Dang. I mean, it it is. Is it David Strathairn or? Yep, yep Strathairn or yeah. her oh, last name. It is seriously. It's kind of like it, it's kind of in a in a category that's kind of like the Princess Bride. It's one of those <laughs> films that you. It's just delight. So. Long short of it is this: Robert Redford and his crew, they run uh, an organization where banks and companies will hire them to break in to reveal the weaknesses in their security. And he was friends when he was younger with a Ben Kingsley character, but something went wrong with one of their capers when they were younger, and Ben Kingsley got caught and arrested. Whereas Robert Redford's character got away. But ben Kingsley's back now. But anyway, I'll leave it at that. The movie's called Sneakers. So good. We will definitely do it as a movie. Also, the terminal is definitely on the list. 
right, what's next? Any gamer reviews? Gonna see Uncharted in a little bit. Not super hopeful being a big fan of the franchise, but I hope I enjoy it. I hope you yeah. enjoy it too, man. And listen, like I said, even though I was disappointed with the film, there's stuff in there to enjoy. And if some of the things are more enjoyable to you and some of my drawbacks weren't all that big of a deal to you, you could come out of there having a really good time. So I hope you do. All right, what's next? Never lose your nerd. Uh, sorry, Ray, but what about them Rams? Hey, got to be happy that our, our hometown, yeah, our hometown you here know, won yeah, the Super Bowl. You know, whatever. Hey, you got to feel good, though, for Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. That dude, he is arguably one of the top three best football players of all time. And he got his ring. And don't apologize to me, man. The better team won. That's it. If the Bengals were the better team, they would have won. They had many chances to keep that lead. They didn't. And that's the way it goes. You know, I've, you're happy. Do that I'm last happy, fourth and one. Happy. If they had just stopped them on that last fourth and one, yeah. they would be Super Bowl champions right now. All right, what's next? Uh, Brian O'Neill Singleton. Hey, John and Co. Whatever happened to the Wonder Man rumors introducing into the MCU? Bring on the I iconic filthy. There was never any yeah. real report about that happening. Nothing legitimate. So really nothing to pay attention There's to. Just, there. aren't, don't we see like Wonder Man posters in something in Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I think we yeah, do. With Nathan Villian. I think that was all. Yeah, but I, 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 there was never any real report of them yeah. doing movies like that. So that's why you really shouldn't pay too much attention to the rumors. All right, what's next? Bit Clarky. Hey, y'all. Loving the movie club. Thank you. But was wondering when we'll get the office version. Thanks. You know, we, we were, we were going to record one yesterday. Yeah. But with us going to see Uncharted, mm -hmm. that just got on the way. Um, it's coming very soon. I, like we we will record it by this time next week. We will have recorded a couple of episodes. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not a virgin anymore. Yes, that's oh, right. Oh yeah, good for you, Rob. Most of the episodes you took are me this long. Yes, it's true. But I you waited for the right one. I did. I waited for the right one, and it was it was actually good for me. It was gentle. It was nice. <laughs> Thanks. So we will get to that by this time next week. We will have a couple of episodes in the can. All right. Oh, by the way, about? by the way. Uh, I just want to also bit Clarky like tipped in like twenty five dollars uh, for that. So thank you so much. And yes, yes, the Office Virgin. For those of you who don't know, Office Virgin is Robert has never seen the Office, and so what we are doing is we're creating a new podcast, and it is only going to be in podcast form. It's not going to be uh, a video where we are going to go through. We're going to watch all the episodes of the Office. Well, at least the first season, we'll see if any of you guys are listening to the podcast. If you're not, we won't do season two. But we're going to go through all the episodes and talk about the episodes from my point of view as somebody who has watched and loved The Office. And from Rob's point of view, somebody who's never seen The Office. So that is coming very soon. Thanks for asking about it a bit, Clarky. Appreciate that. All right, what's next? Taki75. Leaks say sixth Illuminati will be Balder the Brave. Uh, uh -oh. pay no, I, I wouldn't pay. Look, is it possible? Of course, pay no attention to quote unquote leaks though. Nine. Here's the funny thing about these leaks, right? 98 out of hundred out of them are always bullshit and prove not to be right. True. Right. But one or two out of a hundred are, and then people go, the leaks were right. <laughs> it's like, well, well, I read, yeah, pay, you're not talking Manning. about all those <laughs> other ones that weren't right. Sure. The leaks were right. That's why there's really no point in paying much attention to them until, until it and comes out. That's Thor's half brother, right? Well, well, I thought he was why? sort of right. Yeah. I thought I was he. I think he's Thor's he was... half brother. All right. Anyway, but that's, that's wrong with this But point. like for why would he be there? All right. No. Let's move on. What's next? Jasmine Jones. Uh, part two. I meant in the. Oh. Did I miss a part one? Part two, I meant in the crowded room could be good once we get more information on it and when we actually see it. Oh, of the Tom Holland thing. Yeah. 
Oh, I, I didn't see a part one. Same. Sorry that. about that. Jasmine. Yeah, it might be like again. I'm not. I'm not aware of it, but this does sound interesting. You got some great people attached to it, Jasmine. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope it's good. All right, what's next? Esteban Reyes, y'all are entertaining as hell, and Rob, you're homie. There you go. You well, thank homie, you Rob. so much. But pride is a homie. Yeah. Yeah. wrong. Yes. Often wrong. Your That's homies can be wrong, Often but you love wrong. them. <laughs> you love your homies whether they're right or wrong. All right, what's next? Andy, one of three, recently rewatched Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy for the first time in nine years to prepare for The Batman. Nice. I've always loved these films, but grew an even deeper appreciation appreciation for how masterful these films were made with the exception of action after many years although the dark knight rises was clearly the weakest i also never knew the dark knight was ahead of its time as it served as commentary to the war on terror it even comments on spying on gotham like the nsa well that was all stuff that was even very relevant at the time yep. like that was stuff again the, these batman films and i agree the dark knight rises is the weakest of the trilogy i i, I think significantly weaker than the Batman Begins or the Dark Knight. Uh, but I still liked it. I, I still enjoy it, but it is the weakest of the three. But you're right. You go back and you start watching. That's one of the reasons why we're doing Batman Begins on Movie Club this coming week. It's just, it was a new dimension to comic book films. A now, I say X-Men... <laughs> That X-Men was the film that started the new age of comic book movies. Like you talk to all the Hollywood producers and studios, they all point to that X-Men movie. Like some people say, well, Blade came first. Yeah, it came first, but it didn't do it. It was the X-Men film that made all the studios and the executives and the producers look and go, oh, wait a minute. We can make that kind of movie with comic book movies. And that ushered it in. But Christopher Nolan's Batman films introduce a new element or dimension or depth to comic book movies that I think a lot of these producers didn't think they could do before. And that's why it's incredibly significant. And we'll talk a lot about more about that once we get over into uh, Batman Begins in Movie Club. But excellent observation there, Andy. All right, what's next? Greg W., funding for the Viceroy of Verisimilitude. Gosh, the animated series, a Carson Drive media production. There we go. We got to start producing stuff. Uh, and by the way, Greg sent in like a $20 super chat for that. Thank I'm you so that. much. Now, if we get about one million more of those, we can then produce... Our Viceroy of Verisimilitude animated Viceroy. I, uh, Viceroy. That, that's, that's, I am. That's the, the nickname. Of the Viceroy of By the way, I did not make that up. That was hung on me. All my nicknames are hung on me by other people. <laughs> by other okay. people. All right. Thank Dirt. you again for that, Greg. Appreciate that, man. All right. What's next? Darth Grant. Thoughts on the possibility that Kang has other variant heroes under his command from conquered timelines that will be introduced in Ant-Man? It's possible. I, I mean, I don't know. I like the idea. I don't yeah, I mean, know, though. The idea is, I mean, look, let's face it, though. Having Kang as the antagonist of a new Ant-Man film, that's that's a lot for Ant-Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. I don't know how much more we start throwing at it. Like, I don't know if we, like, have Ant-Man fighting, you know, a council of Kangs yeah. or anything like that. I, that might be a little bit of outside scopes. I already think he's got enough to chew on there just with Kang. If that's the case, then that would be the final Ant-Man movie. Yeah, that'll be the, that'll be the shortest. The shortest Ant-Man movie. We've talked about stakes. I'm worried about Scott. Yeah, Scott will be in trouble here. All right, I want to see Kang alive for more than one movie. I yeah. really like how that character was. Oh, introduced. he'll stick around. By the way, I still do not believe, like a lot of people believe when they introduce Kang and Loki that, oh, that's our next Thanos. I do not believe he is. He's going to be a presence in the MCU for He's sure. He's going to have his hand somewhere. 
in a lot of things, yeah, I think. Yeah, but I don't think he's the next Thanos. Like, I don't think he's the next, no. the main villain of this no. thing. We'll find out soon. Though. He might be, but we'll find out soon. All right, what's next? Kali Frederick, with Disney making so many live-action movies and series of older properties, what odds would you give Gargoyles getting a new shot? Listen, the world right now is IP-hungry. Mm-hmm. Gargoyles is an IP with potential. Um, I would not be surprised at all if within the next four years we see some kind of gargoyles. I idea. totally agree with you. I mean, they're bringing back X Men '97. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bringing back is the he, X. I mean, that's crazy. Is he talking about like a live action? Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like me and Anne loved that show. We watched it every day it for like so the longest good. time. Really good. It was uh, what was the main character? Uh, Goliath. Goliath. Ooh. Yeah, I love that show. That, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there for That is a Shakespearean level animated project. <laughs> it is so good. And there were rumors a while ago about Jordan Peele eyeing the IP, which I think would be fantastic if he was going to do a television Seems series. Seems way outside of his Ooh, I would love for him to play right in that sandbox, though. I That'd would be love wild. for him to do that, too. He's about to do stuff with aliens, probably. Yeah, that's true. All right, what's next? Hero 75, Moon Knight, Black Knight, and Blade would make a great mini team taking on the more supernatural parts of the MCU. I, mean, I would the, love that. What what is the word they they call the the something knights? The, yeah, the Marvel Marvel Knights. The Marvel Knights. There's been talked about a version of that now, never anything official and nothing out of the mouth of Kevin Feige, but that is something a lot of people speculated about and there could be some potential there. All right, what's next? Sarel Z Hi, John and crew. Do you think the Hot Toy Spider-Man integrated suit deluxe version up for the pre-order is worth getting? And will its value rise? Well, we can only go to one person for this. Well, one, yes, it's worth getting. Will its value rise? Don't necessarily know. There's going to be a lot of them made. Those Spider-Man figures are very popular. But most Hot Toys figures, they're not a bad investment. But you know what? You shouldn't buy toys to invest in. Invest in real estate. If you're going to buy toys... Open those hot toys. Yes. Put them up. Yes, the Both. proof. Yeah. You know, Anne that's... Campia bought her first hot toy, and it's awesome on her shelf. Spider Gwen. It's a great <gasps> figure. With, with uh, Spider Ham. I need my first hot with toy. With Spider Ham? Yeah, it came yep. with Spider Ham. It looks really good. I would get that She one. bought it the same day I bought my Captain America one. And I have to give it up. Box. She posed it well, too. Yeah. A lot of people don't pose their figures that well. She did a really All good job. All shelves are actually really cool yeah. in there. They're filled with fun and stuff. Anne's office. Filled with fun. See, yeah, I got the is. garage. I got the garage to turn in the studio because I have to have multiple people in here. But we turned one of the spare bedrooms into Anne's dedicated office because she works from home most of the time. Her office is way cooler than mine. <laughs> she just did yeah. a much better job. There's a reason why you don't see John's shelves. Yeah, but we're here, John. <laughs> we're here. My shelves are not for display. I know. I know. Storage. We're keeping our granola bars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's next? Sully, I just finished watching the nine Star Wars movies, and I only ended up liking three and a half. I actually liked the sequels the best. Episode seven was my favorite. Mando is up next. Oh, you're in for a treat with Mandalorian, man. Really are. Yeah. Listen, I think other than the original trilogy. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens is my favorite Star Wars movie, other than the original trilogy. I, I just remember, you know, we both Schnepp and I liked it, but we started going across because our studio was across the street from the AMC Burbank 16. It used to be in the AMC Burbank 16. Then we got our much larger studio that you guys mostly remember from the Collider days, and so we hit lunchtime and we go. Star Wars? Star Wars. And Schnepp and I would rock across the street to the Burbank 16, which we were able to get in for free at the time. And we'd go in and we'd watch the matinee of Phantom Menace. And then we'd do it again. And we, we did that like six, seven times. And we, every time we liked it more and more and more. 
And I love that movie. I'm glad you, I, obviously to me, it still doesn't hold a candle to the original trilogy, but still, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. And I'm excited that you get to watch Mandalorian. All right, what's next? Seconds from Disaster, one of two. Hey, everyone. So, Ray, I haven't heard of the show you were talking about, but the F SFD name was my old band's name, and I bought the trademark so I could own the name, so now I use it as my brand. Oh, wow. In, in other news, Peacemaker gave uh, Captain America a run for his money with that shield. Well, I have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, I mentioned yesterday because he wrote in that Seconds from Disaster was a show either on Seconds from Disaster, okay, on National Geographic or History Channel, mm -hmm. where they went over like you know, yeah, you the Concord. Yeah, yeah, like the Concord and stuff. So yeah. like he's bringing up that he he has that uh, name trademark now, so maybe that's why it's not on air. I don't know. That's awesome. Uh, and yes, that was, I don't know if, he, if, if it came close to competing with Cap's use of his shield, because all Peacemaker really did was, although the bullet shot thing, that was a that pretty was cool. damn cool shot. Yeah, it was. That was really, really good. All right, what's next? PMAC, Four Movie Club, The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson, Sean Connery, 1996 is The Rock. I love that. unapologetically love the rock why would you have to apologize for it it's uh, the, amazing some it's got the don't... greatest speech ever that john connery gives in that movie. Oh. about the, the prom, prom queen. queen oh my god one of the most like and, and no one else can get away with Your that line bashed. except for sean connery saying that line but i like everything from nick cage arguing about the quality of records first of all these sound better i mean that's like, a good case wow. <laughs> thank you very much and and ed harris dude Ed Harris, mm -hmm. so Ed Harris, cool. and The Rock, mm. Michael Bean, uh, in it. I mean, just I love that movie. Can't get enough of it. Love it. All right, what's next? Empire fan, nineteen eighty. What was your favorite and least favorite World War II movie? For example, I like Midway, and I hate Pearl Harbor movie with a passion. I, I mean, I don't know Empire. I, I I don't carry that around off the top of my head. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great iconic World War II movies. I'm I didn't hate Pearl Harbor. Uh, I didn't like it, mm -hmm. uh, but I didn't hate it. But I, I'd have to think of some other ones too. But I can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's so many different kinds. Like yeah. I think when I think of World War II, I think of Where Eagles Dare or Patton. I love Pat. Patton's great. And then again, I love Saving Private Ryan. But I love The Dirty Dozen. I love uh, uh, The Great Escape. Saw Ridge. You know, Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. There's yeah. so many so different. Good. There's so many different different versions. Different World War II kind of World yeah. War II movies. I know it's a mini series, but I mean, Band of Brothers is like the. Yeah. Oh, the that, that's become me. kind of a standard. Yeah. For a Winds lot of, of War oh. is one of my favorite mini series mm -hmm. of all time. And I Call love of it. Duty. <laughs> game <laughs> right one, for the right one all right what's next at a time 1985 did you know the flash scene in peacemaker was actually filmed by marvel as it was shot on the guardians of the galaxy volume three set that I found is this true super interesting yeah wait a minute what yeah they what? filmed that scene with the flash and aquaman on the set of guardians of the galaxy they allowed him to just because and then james gunn was allowed he there was a marvel scene that was filmed on the set of Suicide Squad. I think so there was some kind of there was a switch. trade off. Yeah, yeah. He talked about that in his interview uh, uh, last week. Are you about That's, to get Marvel versus DC? See this cooperation going on. <laughs> yeah. We're never. I don't still think we're ever going to see that. But it's good to see them working together, making things good for everybody. I love oh. hearing that. All right, what's next? Darth Grant. You know, I'm already over Dr. Uh, Strange Multiverse of Madness information. I've read possible plot leaks and seen all the information out about it. I'm excited, but I'm ready for Thor promotion now. I hope it's a little more serious. I don't. Listen, like, I, I still have this debate with people all the time. When people say, like, we're being in a conversation, when I tell people, look, 
Thor Ragnarok is one of the darkest comic book movies ever made. People look at me and go, what? I say, look, don't be fooled by the veneer and the, the jovialness they'll bring into it at, at parts in the film. This is a movie where Thor loses an eye, he loses Mjolnir, his father dies, his home world is destroyed, his own sister, he has to arrange for the death of his own sister. I mean, there is a lot of heavy, heavy, dark things that happen in that movie, but he puts it in this veneer of, you know, also allowing us to laugh and the things like the, the whole callback to what we do in the shadows is, what do you do with that fissure? Kill three vampires? I mean, it's, it's so well, good, but... So I want to see him bring that same balance, mm -hmm. that balance of bring the laughs and the entertainment and the joy and the fun of the comic book world, but also intermingling it and mixing it with the heavier, darker themes that are in there. And that's why Ragnarok, I think, is so beloved by a lot of people. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I also think it's really interesting that, you know, Jane Foster is going to have that relationship with Wade Wilson in Love and Thunder. <laughs> Also, the bright uh, colors. They, you know, color he's a jilted yeah. lover, and of course, Wade is in mourning because he's lost his love, and they they find each other. They That's each where Daredevil's coming. What were you saying about? Oh, yeah, the color. Yeah, yeah no, no, color. it's funny how you bring like the th the you subject. It's a, a, a dark movie, yet the colors and like the the whole There's a vividness to it. Yeah, yeah, are all bright and poppy, which is kind of like a contrast to what you're, you know. It all works. It's it worked together. So that movie By the is way, so speaking good. of Taika Waititi, doesn't his new show, Our Flag is Death? Yes. Doesn't Our it, Flag means death. Our flag, Our flag means, means death. Doesn't it start today? I think oh, so. Does it? Does it start today? I think Ooh. it starts today or this I'm gonna weekend. I'm going to be honest with you. I was so excited about that show. Then I saw the trailer. I got more excited. There's a new I didn't like trailer. The trailer. There's a new trailer out though that looked pretty damn fun. I'll have to check it out because I love Taika Waititi. I mean, I love the dude. All right, what's next? Oh, sorry. I was looking up the premiere. Oh, goodness. So, S-Beam, I just wanted to say hi to Chris. Oh, hi, S-Beam. <laughs> All right, what's next? Cash, hi, John. I would love to see Kevin Hart in a Knives Out sequel. I think he'd be a great fit if he'd take on a more dramatic role. What do you think? Okay, now listen, he, in the last couple of years, because Kevin Hart's shtick is going to wear thin at some point. It hasn't worn thin for me yet. I still find him really funny. But... He has, in the last couple of years, started dabbling in some slightly more dramatic stuff to, to integrate with it. And he's not doing bad. The progress has been good. So I could see him doing something like this. Still something that would still have a humorous thing to it, like Knives Out does. But, yeah, put him in a Knives Out 3. I'd be interested in seeing what mm -hmm. Ryan Johnson was able to do with him and something like that. All right, what's next? Um, well, Our Flag Means Death comes out March 3rd. I just checked oh, that. I'm wrong. And then, so soon. Uh, soon, but not to, not today, unfortunately. Damn it. Irene Jobson sending in a $5 super chat. Courtney Noon, oh, sending in $9.99. And Deshaun, check out Smiling Friends again. Oh, we already did that oh. one, so thank you for all your support, y'all. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Irene, Courtney, thank you so much for that. Very generously, especially considering it was just a Don't think, Irene. <laughs> <laughs> and guys... That'll do it for today's installment of the John Campia Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the live comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campia Show, thank you guys very, very much for your support. I want to thank everybody in the room with me. Going around the circle, we got Robert Meyer Burnett, Ray Ora, Chris Carr. I'm John Campia. That'll do it for us, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.